This is the Dos Cero Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, puma, regio, chiva, cholo, fresa, tigre, tapatio, chilango, or even a Methodist, pull up. Oh, what's going on? Oh, that was a rough open. Rough open. I'm sorry about that. This is what I was trying to do, everybody. My apologies. We're going to... Well, as we said, this is the Dos Acero Football Podcast, our regular Wednesday edition. Thank you for joining us. Uh, my name is John Jagu. Uh, last night we had a preview of the Mexico-Korea game in uh, Brasilia at the Garrincha Stadium, which is uh, actually kind of cool that they have a stadium named after Garrincha, who, for those of you that don't know, was uh, probably kind of a Pele, Maradona, and Messi combined uh, back in the 50s and 60s. Just an absolutely terrific player. If you get a chance to watch his highlights, I highly recommend it. But I do digress. Uh, we are going to talk about today what happened between Mexico and Korea. Not uh, at all good news for folks that follow Mexico. They lost one nil and were eliminated from the Olympics after the group stage. They've crashed out. A, as the coach put it, si lo quieren llamar un fracaso, yo fracasé. He couldn't have said it any better. We will discuss at length uh, with some of our folks. We do have a, once again, a distinguished panel of assets that we have available to us tonight. We have with us in South Central Los Angeles, a gentleman who decidedly last night voted with his with his heart and not his head, said Mexico would win, and I'm sure that uh, in the back of his mind he was saying that ain't, ain't, ain't gonna happen. <laughs> and of course we're talking about Joel Aceves. Joel, before you say anything, I feel like I should uh, at least give you a little bit of uh, of some uh, oof, oof, whoa, big failure. Joel, how are you? Pretty good, John. Uh, despite the the defeat, it was uh, yeah, it was uh, you know, it was you know. Well, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit later. Glad to hear that you that you have your health, though, Joel. It's a that's the most important thing. And and now is 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 the weather yeah, is. as nice there in South Central as it is down in Escondido? Is it right around eighty degrees? Nice nice breeze. It's a nice breeze. Um, I'm outside barbecuing. Yum. It's um barbecue. Now, did, it's, did, it's you, great. Uh, did you feel uh, Daniel Preciado has joined us from Escondido? Did you feel like a a sudden gust of breeze from from the south, Daniel? Like maybe about twenty minutes ago. Did you notice anything? And like, wow, that was kind of weird. What was that? Because I think what it was was Brazil, the entire country collectively breathing a sigh of relief when their team finally scored against Denmark. And looks like is that what that was? And, yeah, it looks like they're going to go ahead and make it through. Uh, into the uh, the knockouts, so I think everybody in Brazil can can rest easy. They're up three 0 on Denmark as we speak. Daniel, you also, I believe, uh, yesterday in our preview show said that uh, that you that you hoped and expected Mexico to prevail. It did not happen. Who are you going to wag your finger at, Daniel, for 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 the, for the loss? Who who deserves the wagging of your finger? Well, I guess first it's going to be. Potro, obviously, I mean, it's, it's it's his team. But, I mean, if we're going to pick a player, I think you, you have to start with Chucky. Um, I think that he – him and Talavera, actually, 
And, and actually, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and step further and say I'll, I'll, I'll go on the limb and say if there's one player to blame more than anybody else, it, it'd be Talavera. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Talavera is who you have uh, you have decided to. Uh, He's going to be my goat. Put the contract out on. <clears throat> yep. Do, do you think that he should even be worthy of flying back on the plane, or should they just, you know, tell him, hey, we're going to one of those fancy spas, and then he gets in the cab, and they just ditch him, and they never see him again? I'm hoping that this is just the end of uh, we'll see him with the national team. I hope this um, costs him uh, future columns. I hope. And you know who who that would pave the way for the the the, the gentleman who's on the short list for FIFA Player of the Year. None other than than Picolin, Pico Dios. None other than Pico Dios. Give 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 him a give him a spot on the team. He deserves it. I see that everyone is giving me a full throated endorsement of my of my. Honestly, of my request. Would it, would, can we can we say that he would have played that any worse? Can't say that. You know, I know that I think about it. I mean, you, you know, see, to me, the Olympics was. If they're going to use overage players, then to me it's like you know uh, that's why I always thought that I, I thought Tano the Negris would be a good option for for the striker because look Tano you're, you know, you've had a great career. If we're going to send a thirty something, let, let's send a thirty something that you know ha- has a chance to chase a little glory. You know maybe, maybe he'll be a little hungry. Maybe it'll mean more to him. Aldo. Yeah, granted he may not be playing as much, but I mean I always thought that it would have been you know just like a like a like a just reward for you know for a guy who. Well, you know, just as he was getting hot at the right times, would get injured and just you know didn't get a chance to to really fulfill his at least his national team potential, even though he did score some important goals. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. And of course, over in Hayes County, which is just south of Austin, in the in the bustling metropolis of Kyle, Texas, that's exit uh, 215 on I-35. For those of you that don't know, of course, we're talking about Albert El Chiquis Campa, who has just finished his. Uh, Taekwondo lessons, Albert. What 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 belt are you in Taekwondo? Do we need to worry about you yet, or jiu-jitsu. are you still purple belt in the beginner stage? Purple belt in jiu-jitsu. I busted up my ankle. Jiu-jitsu. Ice. I got ice. On oh no! Just, Tonight you did. Yeah, I just twisted it uh, the wrong. Was way. it an old man injury, or was it like a like a proper athletic injury? This <laughs> big dude. I was wrestling this big dude, and he rolled over when my ankle was yeah. grounded. I twisted it sort of. Now, why did you, you pretend fighting? that you have a... I'm sorry, I was going to say, pre- why is he fighting fat people? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, did you start feeling a little funny, and then you, oh, my ankle hurts, and like, and like, or like, or like, 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 you know, carrying the whole thing through because you're embarrassed that you felt a little funny when you were wrestling the fat guy? My wife said I cried like a little girl, or I yelled like a little girl, like, ow, 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 ow. Almost like... <laughs> almost like... Almost like... was rolling his weak ankles, man, on the, on the, on the pitch the other part today. I think now, Albert, uh, you were very, very, very like that. Yeah, Albert, you were very pragmatic today in the immediate aftermath of the of Mexico's one zero loss against against uh, against the South Koreans. Now that you've had some time to mull it over, uh, who would you like to, as they say in Mexico, hacer leña de árbol caído? Which which árbol caído do you want to go ahead and start chopping up and and and, and making firewood out of? I'll go with like the mainstream media. The real serious uh, blame has to fall on uh, a random fan wearing a Cruz Azul shirt in the stadium and in front of the stadium. They're actually talking about this in in uh, Jorge Ramos. 
seriously, like meme type journalist journalism talking about a Cruz Azul guy cursed the national team as if it was real news. <laughs> so you're so I, I believe what you're saying is. Y la Cruz Azulio? Exactly. Yeah, I think that that's uh, well. You know, they, at least they didn't blow the lead, but I guess. Uh, in essence, it was like the whole uh, the whole weekend was a big cruzazuleada. I wonder if Juan Uribe is with us yet. It doesn't look like he is. I guess he's still uh, he's still at practice. He can tell us all about how delicious the mango flavored Gatorade was down when he was at the what do they call that place? The uh, Academia de Mexico or what's what's the name? What's the pompous name they have for their for their academy? Joel, do you know? No idea, sir. But it's 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 like it's like a very very uh, very conceited title. I know that it's a very they're very full of themselves down there, which is fine. You know they they have every right to be. They've they've done well with that. Um, now here's my big issue with the game, and uh, and this is where I, I I was watching and I just didn't understand. I didn't understand what Mexico was trying to do. They would have a breakaway and then they would stop. And then they would slow down and let Korea get get reaccommodated, and then they would, you know, try the low percentage centers into the box, which uh, didn't work. And then my other my other big issue was why on earth if, if you have two bad forwards, why would you play them at the same time? You know, I'm looking at Brazil right now. Brazil has a bunch of really good forwards and so-so midfielders. They know that they're going to dominate possession, so they can't, they literally came out in a four-two-four formation and they're winning three-zero. You know they're 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 doing what 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 they're what they feel most comfortable doing, which is attacking and and creating. Why doesn't Mexico? And I'm not just saying a Potro, but it seems like just you know there there are very few coaches in Mexico that understand that. You know why not put the players in 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 the position where they're most comfortable, where they can do the most damage? And it seems like they always want to. Four square pegs and into round holes, and and it seemed like we saw that with with uh, with Bolter. It just seemed like he was a coach that, you know, that might work with you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds. But when you're when you're dealing with professionals, you know, maybe it's time to uh, mix it up a little bit. I was I was a little disappointed with uh, with 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 Bolter and how he he managed uh, not only the, this game but the kind of the tournament, kind of the whole post qualifying. Preparation. It doesn't seem like uh, he. I'm not going to say it was over his head, but I think that he uh, made some mistakes that uh, were, were 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 quite avoidable. And now we're seeing the uh, the fruits of his labor, and it's uh, it's very unfortunate because I think that the team did have some talent in some in some places, but it didn't seem like it. Uh, they were able to really mesh and gel together because again, he was bringing in guys that he hadn't been using in the whole process for whatever reason. So you know, he just brought these guys in for the uh, for the Olympic tournament. Just a very bizarre and kind of baffling uh, set of decisions that he made uh, since they qualified back, which was like two years ago, or was or was it, or I guess it was last year. So they had they had time to to mull it over. Joel, you th- you say that the, the team just lacked confidence. Would you care to expand? Yes. Just watching from the first game against Germany, it just it felt that it, I, I think at the youth level Mexico shouldn't they shouldn't fear anyone. They they've already beaten all the all the top teams. So I I do feel uh, perdonaron. Um, 
you know, they, they became overly cautious. But but I think that, you know, for, for youth level, Mexican teams should be more just overall more confident when, you know, in their approach to, to the other games. And, and you even saw with Korea, they, they were, they just pretty, pretty much sat back. They they knew if they played Mexico, you know, toe-to-toe that even Diazmado, Mexico would be favorites. So I think that says a lot, but like the overall mentality of our players is, is just not there yet. One thing I noticed about the, the way that the Koreans played today, and uh, maybe you all notice this too, is that they, they, they were just hell-bent on making sure they didn't make any stupid mistakes. You know, they, you know, they're, they knew they were going to lose possession. They knew they weren't going to, but, but they didn't want to make that careless pass or, or that, you know, the, the, the loose, yeah. that, that's the loose possession. That's a sign of, you know, respect. They, they respect in Mexico. They, they know how dangerous Mexico can be. They're good on the, It's true. And, uh, on the defensive end. Go ahead, Albert. They're really good at, uh, anytime the Mexico players got the ball in the middle, like Kubo, or uh, or that other dude in the middle, they were quick to deflect or quick to defend or quick to not close any openings for a shot. All their shots were not even, I think one tripled into the goalie, but they were all deflected and not on goal. So they didn't get on the Right, they, Mexico only had, I think, two shots on goal the entire game. It's, it's hard to win when you only have two shots on goal. Of course, Korea only had one shot on goal and it went in. So there's that. Um, now, you're right, and... Uh, the other uh, tactic that I noticed that the Koreans seem to do really well with is that any time that the, like you guys said, uh, you know, the, the two, whether it was Marco Bueno or, 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 or Kubo, whenever they would have the ball, they would get swarmed, and whenever the wingers had the ball, they'd get, you know, double team or triple team. Now, when I see a double team or a triple team, I get a little excited mm-hmm. because I would think that the, that the players would, would recognize that and put themselves in position where the other team is not. But unfortunately, for 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 some reason, uh, this team was very static. They were expecting, uh, you know, I know that Chucky's going to get a lot of uh, blowback for not living up to the expectation that was set for him. And frankly, uh, the expectation that's set for him is because of the fact that he's played really well, at least at the club level. And as for the past couple of years, he's been uh, one of Mexico's most dynamic players in Liga MX. There's no question. But, you know, when a guy like Chucky is, is triple teamed and his, play and his teammates aren't moving for him, there's not much that he can do. I mean, he was sitting there, I don't know how many times, where he's either trying to find a shot or trying to find a pass, and his entire team is watching him do it. You know, they're just, you know, you know what, what is he going to do for us? And, and instead of, you know, you know, trying to move off the ball or, you know, trying to create a, you know, that just a tiny bit of space to let him pass the ball. So, you know, Chucky does deserve a, a fair share of the blame uh, for uh, – Overall, for for Mexico's uh, performance over the, the the past three games, he does get one yeah. pass though, John. Chucky does get one. Uh, there's one thing we can't overlook, and is that, that he he hasn't had a break. He went from from playing the Liga MX final to to the Mexico national team camp for uh, Centenario, and then to the Olympic team. So and you know with the season starting early enough, he, he didn't really. Well, you know, I would agree with you. I would agree with you, Joel. But uh, you know, Chucky is not 53 like you are. He's 20 years old. I think he, he probably <laughs> would be able to handle. But, but, and, and, yeah. and like you said, John, he also is coming off. He's literally been letting the, the league up like just before he got there. So 
I don't think we can but it can legitimately catch up point to at exhaustion. I, it, it does catch up, and and oh, there's no he, question. I mean, I'm, I'm just. I mean, there's yeah. He he hasn't had a break. You're right. He's been going strong, you know, and all the fecha fifas. He's been on those too. So he's traveling to, you know, wherever it is that they go. Uh, there, there's no question that he he that he needs he needs some time off, and you know he's not going to get it now because. But, you know, I'm seeing people saying, well, you know, Chucky shouldn't be called up ever again. And it's like, you know, that's, you know, the, 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 this is the time when you lean on a guy like that, you know, to show him that you have confidence in him. You're not going to, you know, why, why why do we have another generation of, of Gamalos like we did in 2008? I mean, that, that's the worst thing that you can do. So, um, I, you know, he'll, 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 he'll get there. He, you know, Chucky has a lot of talent. There's no denying that. He's just really immature, and he needs to go somewhere where he can mature very quickly and, you know, if if that means that he needs to leave the guy Mekis and go play uh, in a league where he has to be, you know, a little bit more self-reliant and a little bit more responsible, then maybe that could be the best thing for him. You know, we saw that with uh, Tecatito Corona, who was extremely immature, even when he was playing in Holland, and then the kind of light bulb went off for him, and he's had a somewhat of a decent career ever since. Maybe we could see the same thing for uh, maybe Chucky has that kind of uh, of trajectory in his in his destiny. Now, uh, I wasn't necessarily too upset with Chucky not starting today, and but I thought that he would be a, a better option off the bench. Not quite sure why they just didn't bring him at halftime. And my other qualm was, why on earth would you take out Bonchito, who was having a terrific game? You know, one of the few players that when you're playing a, a team that's in a defensive posture like that, you know, that has the the technical ability to get around it or, or to... See, I mean, he was 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 doing well enough to where I thought that if he would have stayed on his side, I mean, I was thinking, man, they're gonna get one here, and then they take him off. It's like, I just, I just, I, I, I found that I found that decision of all the decisions today that that to me was the absolute most baffling decision. I would have taken, I mean, it just of all the players to take off, why take off the guy who's having this, who's having the best game? It made no sense to me. Yeah, Am I, I the only one that feels that way? I agree with that. His his subs are a little bit. Weird and sort of towards the end to bring in Fierro and just bring in all his guns. Well, see, and, that, and that's another thing. You know, Fierro and Bueno have played with each other on the national team since they were 15, right? They obviously have a really good rapport. So if, if you're going to start too forward, I mean, you know, Kubo hasn't played in, in, in a year because he's been on the bench at Dynamo since April, so he hasn't played. And then of course he, you know, they didn't play in December, so he's, he had like nine months off. Why on earth would you go with that guy when you have a guy like Fierro who's actually played really well at Querétaro? That's one of the reasons why they've done so well. And on top of that, he has chemistry with, you know, we always talked about, you know, players with chemistry. Why didn't, you know, I know that he, you know, I don't necessarily think that he would have been jet lagged. I mean, they, they played him. And to me, it was it was it was telling that that in in the, the ten or fifteen minutes that Fierro was on the field, he did more than Kubo did in three games. You know, I think if yeah, one criticism for for Potro Gutierrez will be his player selection. Uh, even though he did have a difficult time selecting a lot of the players he wanted, either because they all got called up to the Copa America, or Chivas just decided you can't have them anymore. But I, I think overall, this is something they should have been working at, you know, for months. And I think they, they just did a bad job of, of selecting the squad. Now, Joel, do you think that this uh, this poor performance could be uh, tied directly to who uh, Potro's boss is in the sense that, 
He may not necessarily I, have the vision I, that. I, you know, yeah, and I wanted to bring this up. Uh, I almost forgot. But yeah, there, there was already rumors that if Mexico did bad at the Olympics, that uh, Baños and Cantu could be on their way out. They were going to take a lot of the blame for for this whole mess. So uh, it'll be interesting the next few days, the next few weeks, if if something of that happens. And obviously if those guys leave, pretty much Osorio is, you could count his days already if, if the guys that hire him brought him in. Uh, so, Joel, I, I believe that what you were, what you might be insinuating then, uh, for you folks that are listening on the Dos Acero Football Podcast live on YouTube, and of course you can download our podcast on iTunes. I believe it sounds like that you think that there could be a, a, a complete uh, org chart redo by the end of the year with uh, the three main spots and then actually the four main spots in the, you know, in, in, the, in the national team could be reshuffled or just replaced altogether. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could happen. But, I mean, I, I think it's going to be, I mean, what's going to be key what happens so, uh, after, you know. On a scale of 1 to 10, Joel, where, where do you put Tuka Watch? Tuka Watch? Hey, you know what? You know what? Piojo's doing good. He, he continues that with Cholos. He might just swoop, swoop back in and, and get the team again. He had an easy because, uh, he had that was That was another of a... Uh, this, and this actually was reported... Months ago, way months ago, by uh, by uh, Hernan Pereira, Jorge Ramos, and he's, this was when uh, Cruz Azul had offered the job to to Piojo, and uh, so, 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 yeah. So this guy claims that his sources said that that they went to to Piojo and told him, you know what, you're like a Plan B, so just don't go to Cruz Azul. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why they would. Well, he's, he's, I believe is what it boils down to. And they were like, yeah. so yeah, go take this other offer, or whatever, and and uh, and we're we're bringing you back in. And he did. He he called it. So who knows if it does happen? But he was already reporting something. So there might be some truth to that. But yeah, I, hmm. but those two yeah. are going to be the main candidates. Uh, uh, but you know, you know how we are, Mexico fans. We we like the flavor of the month, and if Cholos continues to do good, people are just gonna remember the good times with with Piojo again. <clears throat> Before he sent his uh, his political tweets, you know, ever since those tweets happened, uh, things have not been going well for the Mexican national team. Karma. Yeah, well, that, and of course the. Uh, the puto chants that are that are getting more and more scrutiny, which, uh, for better or for worse, karma again. In my opinion, for worse because you know if if, if people decide that it's not something that they want to hear and they get sanctioned, why would you continue to do it? I'm actually believing in this karma stuff. I'm not saying it, but then uh, whenever Hope Solo started tweeting, gramming stuff about Sika. 
he he she let one go through between her legs. <laughs> yeah, there's there's uh, no question that there's that there's something to that, and and I and I wouldn't surprise me at all actually if uh, if Brazil, um, if the women win a gold medal and the men don't in soccer at the Olympics. So you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Amanda, MC will be upset. I probably Clint. Yeah, I got a I got a comment. You'll have to real quick. The uh, we have a comment. Yeah, on Chucky, the t- two two things on Chucky. The uh, the goal, even though he was chasing down the uh, the guy who just, who scored, wasn't really his fault. I mean, he was he was hustling back. Um, the guy just had a step ahead of him. But if you look on the replay, there is a defender that was sort of screened off by a Korean player. Who should have? That was a great play by the by the forward. It was it was terrific. Should have, if that Mexican defender would have gotten past that screen or whatever he was doing, he, he should have helped uh, Chucky out. So it wasn't fully his. Oh, he would he would have cut him down. There's no he had he had the angle. There's no question. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I mean it was just a great play. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, and then secondly, uh, I, I really sort of don't like this whole. And I thought I thought Mexico was getting past it and getting rid of it with with Rafa leaving and Osvaldo Sanchez leaving and, and all this sort of element leaving, that uh, Chucky brought it all back whenever he went and got mad. The game was already done. He got mad because the Korean guy... You mean being mad and ardido? Yeah, and ardido. And he went over and, like, bumped in, even about to fight the Korean coach. Tried to take the ball away from the Korean, and, and he was just mad. You could, you could tell, and then get red-carded. And that was just, like, a messed-up play, man. That That's really... Out of all of his play and all being on the bench and everything, he did, he, he did look mentally weak right there, Cheekies. And then you have, uh, you know, teams from Europe, especially top teams, I they take he, they take those small things into consideration. How how you react? Yeah, how, that how would you be play a small thing. Be a, yeah. And and they they see that and and you know the the mentality aspect that that was one of the rumors a while back when uh, when Barcelona had not. Wanted uh, Neymar, uh, when uh, I think Manchester United was bidding for him, and and uh, he was he was hoping out for Barca, and, and that was one of the things that they said that uh, he was partying too much and that like his mentality wasn't all there yet, and he he decided to you know I don't know if it's buckle up or buckle down, but uh, se puso las pilas and and. Uh, you know, he turned down some offers from top teams, and and he proved he proved himself, and and they they took a gamble because it was a really big gamble because of you know the the numbers that they paid for him undisclosed. And and to be honest with you, frankly, I'm still I'm, I don't necessarily think they've gotten their money's worth in my personal <laughs> opinion. But that's it. Yeah, but that's but you know for uh, for another show. But but for you know you had uh, Pachuca vice president. Uh, Andres Fasi and, and you know he was he was promoting Chucky saying how he was he's he's he was going to be Mexico's biggest transfer fee ever, which uh, right now is Jimenez. But so yeah, he was expecting it to be upwards of thirty million. So and, and, I, think, and I think that a lot of us were expecting Chucky to have a, a big a big summer to where that he would command that kind of fee, and obviously but, that. Uh, but to me, that's I, not going to happen. I think he missed out at the centenario. I think that was where he had to make the splash, and then just that he couldn't, you know. 
which is like yeah, How it didn't that? happen for him there, and uh, another another you know series of baffling decisions as far as uh, formations and tactics, and uh, we've we've talked about that ad nauseum. Now, you know there are some positives that that we saw out of this tournament, and uh, namely the fact uh, that uh, Saucedo and uh, Saucedo rather and uh, and the the Monterey kid Luis Montes, yes. they were terrific. I mean, yeah, I mean terrific. Solid. I mean to the point where. Where I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind at all if, if if they became the partnership on the national, like on the senior national team, at all. I mean, I mean, there and, and Cesar Montes needs to, Luis Montes, good lord, Cesar Montes needs to, if if somebody makes an offer, he needs to go, and he needs to go now. He needs to, you know, I, I would love it if if he, if he learned to play as a central, like you know, if an Italian team made an offer, you know, you know, somebody that. <laughs> I'm serious. I was gonna say Italy. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fantastic. I would love it if he bumped Hector Moreno off his spot, or just at least at least gave him competition. I mean, Hector Moreno's just gotten you know just way too comfortable because there's there's I mean who's gonna pressure him? Massa. (laughs) You know, exactly. I mean, they're just I mean, there's no depth at that position, and uh, you know, I mean, to the point where they had to have Yasser Corona come and play. Yeah, and that, Yasser Corona will play play Copa America without playing the entire tournament. Speaks of the lack of depth. But anyway, I do think that if that if Mont, I mean, and I even said this um, uh, to Martin. I said that it wouldn't surprise me at all if Montes is the one that ends up making the jump to Europe after this tournament instead of Chucky, because I, 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 he just is is just a quality quality. He's easily you know as far as potential and, and prospects, the best one we've had at that position is Rafa, and it's not even close. Yeah, he was definitely a bright spot for the team. And uh, and then and, and uh, the the Chiba guy uh, uh, Salcedo, I thought played really well too. I thought they both played. Uh, you know, you know the, the goals weren't necessarily their fault. So they. Uh, Cisneros. Hopefully had a, that that's. Go ahead. Cisneros had a good shot. I mean, his overall play wasn't that too wasn't too good, but he had a really good left footed shot in the second half. Oof. Yeah, he did. It was uh, unfortunate that it didn't go in. Now, see, he would have been the guy that I would have pulled, only because I, I just didn't see anything from Cisneros as far as being able to break the defense down the way that Ponchito could, the way that you know even Rosano could, and and Carlos Fierro for that matter. You know, for all of the you know the 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 BS that uh, that Carlos Fierro takes for whatever reason, I guess because he's a pretty boy. You know he's actually developed into a, a, a very serviceable player, and uh, you know he's a, he's the kind of kid that has. Well, you know what happened, John? Like in the in under seventeen, he was one of the he was one of the more highly regarded, and and they messed up at at uh, Chivas Vergara because they were, you know, just just hype overhyping him, and uh, he was part of a crop of players that they threw in. You know, he, he wasn't getting any transfers, and he, he threw in a bunch of young players that weren't ready, and and right, ended right. up looking bad. Not not only did he just throw him in there, you know, he did all these changes with coaches. So some of these players went went through like four or five different coaches, having to play, you know, different all the, slightly different all the time. That's how the the other guy is is. Uh, I forget his name. Chaton Enriquez was part of that. 
part of that group. Poor Chato. Uh, Cristian Alvarez, too. You know, those three guys, honestly, uh, I, I thought we're going to be stalled just, you know, Chaton specifically. I thought he was going to be a... You know the next head out, like the next ten-year guy on the national team. I just, I, I, just, I, I didn't see how anybody could could displace him. And I know that, but like to be the captain of the national, just you know, just a solid, solid player. Yeah. And the injuries, the injuries, just you just couldn't shake him. And and lack of consistency. I, I always like, I always like uh, bringing up the Tamasa story just because I think it it pinpoints. How even 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 though a lot of us, a lot of Mexico fans consider him a tronco, and uh, his career is is really good. If you look at his career, what he's achieved, uh, what he's managed to do, it's it's really good. And and even in the past World Cup, you know, he his passing, his passing ratio was was amongst the top of the players in in the games he played. Uh, so so you know, at his best, he was a good player, but. There's a player that when he started, they they didn't want him in the first team. <laughs> they kept sending him back to the reserves. And uh, when Hans came in, he's like, you're going to be... He just made him the starter from day one. And he ended up... <laughs> Is that true, Gordon? But you know, but but see, look, this happened under under Hans, under Hans watch, where he was like, "I'm just gonna, you know, give him this trust, oh. and I'm gonna play him." Had Massa been around, you know, a different generation, he would have come up through recently. I, I don't think he would have achieved half of what he did. He would have been at Coras or somewhere. Right. Or Merida. No, Massa certainly had. Uh... You know, I think it was maybe because of his look or whatever it was, but people always just seem to have a problem with him. But, you know, he was a guy that went to uh, Europe, did well, went, went to play two teams in Europe, came back to play for uh, America. <laughs> people weren't too happy about. But, yeah, you're right. He had, a, he had a good World Cup in 2010, and he had a really good World Cup in 2014. He had one bad pass, and it was in the Holland game, and it was the play where, where Anton Wooden ended up breaking his leg. I'm not blaming oh. Massa for that. <laughs> but uh, but it was his errant, his loose pass that uh, that that set the uh, the wheels in motion for for the culmination of that being Hector Moreno breaking his leg. Now we also have to mention, and I think that we that we're not really being we know have to you know be a little fairer here as far as Mexico, in the sense that they they had you know their two, you know certainly their most important offensive player, which was Oribe, unavailable, and then uh, Rodolfo Pizarro who. Is another player who was certainly uh, of the playmaking abilities that were unavailable to uh, to Potro, and and when and when Shirley would have started this game had they not have gotten injured. Now uh, Oribe broke his nose, a bone in his nose, and uh, Pizarro had a uh, the the uh, he broke the I guess it was his shin bone. Is that what he broke? Not the uh, not the wow. Well, I don't, I don't, is it obvious that I don't know my bones? The perone, I know that's what that's what it is in Spanish. I guess it's the other lower leg, not the big thick lower leg bone, but the other one. Dude tried to walk on it. That's crazy. I get a hangnail and I have to call in sick. Different definitions of man, of course. 
Mr. Kraken. Fernando, are you okay? Did you uh, did you nurse your sorrows by drinking about 18 beers after the game, or or were you very stoic and pragmatic and relaxed? You've seen this before. Busy. We've all seen this before many, many, many times. No, we have not. Four years ago, we saw something different. Okay, so you're going to pick the, the one time that Mexico hasn't crashed out of a tournament. That's great. No, we won other tournaments. But we're not going to get into that. Um, here's the deal, man. This, this, you can consider this a fracaso, but in reality it's not. Yeah. You fuck you, fuck you, you cool. You cool. It's not a fracaso. It's not. Go ahead, go ahead. It's so just not a fracaso. Unfortunately, you know, you need a few things, you know, to be able to win tournaments, and one of them is talent, and another one is good luck. Unfortunately, Mexico didn't have good luck this time. You know, we were not lucky that. That Germany tied South Korea in the last minute, which is the reason why we're we're out. You got to make well, that. So, so you're reason. saying we have to depend on other teams' results, per? Is that what you're no, saying? I'm saying? I'm saying that you know other teams depend on our results too, and you know it's it, this, it takes luck. You know sometimes Neither there is luck. Germany nor Korea depended on anybody else but themselves <laughs> to get the results they needed. You got you hey, got. What's up, guys? You got to make your luck. Juan. Uh, I'm just tuning in, guys. I'm Man, sorry they were, your they were talking all sorts of smack. Joel was bringing up uh, Bueno. He said that Hans Westerhoff, what was the word you said? You said degenerate, Joel? Oh, snap. No, okay. no. Hey, you know, check this out. Uh, you know, Jolie's been bragging about all the uh, Chivas Canteranos on the Olimpico. Uh, but now that they failed to make the knockout stages, he's been... He hasn't said squat about all the chief, all the Chivas Canteranos. Hey, we're getting we're getting there, Juan. Before he was, he hey, was, they made. Let me just say real quick. I agree with Bert. Uh, maybe if Lamont Chiva. is in charge, you know, maybe Chivas. I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe uh, Mexico would have been able to to make their own luck, like he says. You know, they they make their own luck. They would have had better luck with Lavolpe. Hey, one sec, Brian. With Lavolpe. Absolutely. You know, because I think... I so, think so are you going to gonna blame it on... Uh, tell us about the, uh, the, the the coaching aspect of the game. It seemed like... Again, I'm not a coach. You know, I'm just I'm just an armchair guy. But it seemed like uh, Potro, in my, in my personal opinion, did not take advantage of the, the best qualities of his best players. He kind of forced them into a style of play that they weren't necessarily... Uh, I'm not going to say they weren't comfortable playing, but they were obviously more comfortable playing a different style and they had a whole bunch of them that played the same style and then they didn't do it. So that's the eternal debate that you know that you have to players have to adjust to the style of play. If they don't adjust it, they're not they're no good. You know, you need to get rid of those. Right. And and in the end it was the Potro's fault for bringing players that did not adjust to his um system but that Senator really are you are you hijacking the, the conversation are you yeah, hijacking I, the conversations? You you want you want you want good players. Um, if you notice, Germany they had that kid uh, Nabry uh, playing on the on the left wing, and he kept going against uh, Abella in that in that in that uh in that game. And uh, like Mexico, you you really don't see that type of player. And I'm just talking about like genetically. I mean, just his his physique, his his style, where he's a he's he, he has pace, he has a good dribble, you know. Uh, and they have the body to be able to. 
to handle these tournaments. If you look at Chucky. Se cortó. Okay, I got a caller, you guys. Yeah. Bring, bring him we in. Have, we have a caller. We have a caller. Caller, identify yourself, please. Yes. I met him at uh, uh, a... Uh, okay. Go ahead. Hello? Go ahead, caller. Um, yeah, my name, my name is uh, Brian Pasquale, and uh, I met... Um, I, I met... I met... Uh, Albert. I forget your name. I'm sorry. Albert. Albert, yeah, Alberto Campo. Uh, we met, we actually met in Miami during the Mexico game versus Senegal. Uh, it was quite an experience that day. Oh, we got that, a caller? Uh, w- was that your first Molero? <laughs> was it my first one? I'm sorry. Was it your first Molero? Oh, no, definitely not. That, <laughs> no, okay, all right. So, Albert, you have a, you have a question or comment? Both. It's Brian. Brian, I'm sorry. Brian, do you have a Brian, question or comment? I met Albert at, at the game. Do you have a question or comment, Brian? Um, just uh, just a comment. I just um, I mean, at this point about Mexico, you know, during the Olympics, um, during Copa America, you know, also failure. So you know, I'm just seeing like uh, what type of direction is Mexico going to? Well, with uh, the certain personnel decisions that they've made on, on the league level and the fact that they're an importer's league, the fact that this is a U23 team that was made up of 80% of, from two teams, uh, things are, uh, unless if they develop just guys that are just unbelievably talented or the ones that are unbelievably talented end up hey, going hey, elsewhere... I think John, things are going to get rough for for the next couple of years. Yes, John, sir. you don't you don't think we're being a little knee jerk in, 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 in our reaction? Yeah, I mean, of course we are. Of course when, we when, are. When we look at if we look at, at at each game, there was opportunity there, like that were just like kind of like how Pern says, you know, with a little bit of luck, could have made the difference. Now, obviously, uh, when you when you leave it to luck, then this kind of thing tends to happen. But I, I think it's a little bit overly harsh because. They played a, a pretty decent game against Germany. There was chances that that weren't taken that ended up costing us. They weren't able to hold on to the lead, which is which is huge. Um, the I'll also say that Potro I think failed in the sense that he didn't. I don't he think he he did a poor job in instilling in the players the need to be serious going into the Fiji game. Um, for them to to just allow like that's a like another missed opportunity that whole first half was just wasted. Um, Hey. They were having to recover from the panic mode, having to come back from the lead, and it was going to be asking a lot to to overcome the the difference that that South Korea did. And it just seemed like even toward the end of the game, the players didn't seem all that aware of the urgency. They 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 had the game like locked in as far as the results go, but the goal differential was was still. I, I'm surprised that it it wasn't at least mentioned at some points. Like, hey guys, we need to keep at it. Well, I'm sure they did. I mean, they had some opportunities there at the end of the Fiji game. But, like, you're right, though. To me, the, the, that is actually, to me, the, the, the biggest key of this whole tournament is the fact that they, that they wasted 45 minutes against Fiji. I mean, how long did it take Germany to put three three goals up against them? I mean, they took them, what, 15 minutes? And they weren't even trying. I mean, they were just methodically going about their business. Every well, time Mexico would have the ball in the first half of the Fiji game, 
they would they would dispossess Fiji, and then instead of just building possession, they would just fire the ball. You know, they would just give it right back to him by sending a fifty-fifty ball forty yards away. And and why on earth would you give that kind of respect? If we look if we look at that at that second half, I mean, they put up five goals. I mean, that that's. I have to think that we we we, we they could they could have done a little bit better or added some had that goal not gone in. I think it it could have just totally been a different game. Uh, but like you said, it was it was wasted. What fifty five uh fifty five minutes of uh, of the game trying to come back. You know, right? To, yeah, it was. Uh... Throw some credit in that game. Uh, now I'm not saying it's a smart strategy, but there's some semblance of strategy. Uh, if he's playing a lot of fifty fifty balls to you know to make the Fijians uh be gas in the second half. Now I'm not saying it's a it's the best strategy or the best approach. It's just maybe that was his approach to. Hey, we know these guys are not they don't have professional training. Let's just burn them out and then the second half we'll clobber them. Now, maybe maybe that strategy came back to bite them in the ass because they could have uh they could have clobbered them and still, you know, clobbered them some more in the second half if they would have maybe been more methodical in their approach or not methodical because they had a method, but you know, a method where they kept possession and they they came to the goal with the ball under control. Right? Well, I I would agree. Uh, I I just think that there was a, a a big amount of panic going on in that first half, where it they made Fiji look a whole lot better and efficient than they were than they, than they should have looked. Uh, well, you know, you know, there's that saying goes, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, Beto Campa's a model. No, you know, you know, there was. The face. Or until he rolls his ankle. This, this Mexico team, oh. they did lack of, like, lack of urgency. You know, you never felt like they, they were, you know. Especially, they especially at the end of the game, I remember specifically seeing players smiling and laughing, or just taking stupid shots at toward the end of the like when there was about ten or fifteen minutes left of that game. There it was already the five-one, and you see the chances that some of the, the players were taking were just. Just dumb, dumb, low percentage shots yeah. that that had little to no chance of ever making it. And it's like, why are you trying to be cute with the ball now, or trying to be a hero? <laughs> Stick to the plan. Like you, you yeah. guys are, your guys are bringing in goals already. Just keep at it. And, and I'm add to that, like the mentality, the like you know the mental aspect of it, to try to take advantage of certain situations. So Fiji was a good, a good situation to rack up a couple of goals. I think one it, of the German dudes got like. He scored like five goals, I think. You know, the German game to me is more crucial because uh, weren't they up 3-1 at one point? No, uh, they were only up 2-1. They could have been up 3-1, but Chucky, Chucky fluffed it, right? with his Pachuca training, decided that he needed to, to <laughs> settle the ball before he shot. No, you know what's going on? <laughs> and he let the goal really get, get position on him. Hey, I wouldn't blame the Pachuca training so much as uh, there's a... Uh, there's a negotiation going on. Well, he, he wouldn't have learned that at Pumas, I can tell you that. Uh, well, you know, what did what Carlos Herrera do? He was practically invisible. Lalo Herrera, where was he? Lalo Herrera scored a goal this past weekend. I don't know what, what, what you're talking about. I'm talking about with He the, scored a crucial goal. But look, look, John, what I, what I was going to say is that to me, the German game is a crucial is a crucial. Uh, Point that they choked because how many times is uh, how many let's say they'd never scouted Germany but as soon as you saw the game you saw that they were going to Nabri the whole freaking time 
how could you not shut that down? You know, what kind of uh, of uh, lack of tactics does a coach have where he cannot read that situation? Like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna adjust my tactics. You mean, why aren't they gonna double team him? Huh? Yeah. Why aren't they gonna double team him? They don't need to, dude. You just you just mark him, man, mark him, dude. What's what's wrong with the coach? Dude, they like, were man marking him. The dude was running right by him. Well, you know what? You take a you take a acha to his leg, like like Jolie said. Hey, ese way lo que ocupas un achazo. He said it in the uh, I don't know if it was in the Chivas chat or. I I did. I used the p word though. Oh well. Which p word? Which p word? Uh, oh, I can see Juan. Hey, this this is a family show, gentlemen. Can say putazos, chingazos, madrazos. He did need it though. He, he did need one because he was just he had gotten overconfident every time he would get the ball. And then, you look at how Mexico defends like a Neymar or a Messi. That's how they. That's how they need to adjust to. You know, this dude. and I. You know, I'm. I'm gonna stick to to my guns in this whole mentality aspect thing. We. We just lack it a lot of times with our players, where it's it's where we can be very complacent. And I tell you something, I remember uh, from, from one of uh. So let me just make this point. Uh, this was in uh, Alberto Medina's one of his very first games with the senior national team. He was about 18 years old, and uh, they're playing uh, Brazil. I believe it was at the Jalisco, and uh, Medina was just. He was just running circles. Whoever was marking them, I forgot who it was. And Ronaldinho ran down to kick him, kick him in the ankle. And him. That's it. Not under these conditions. You know, I, I think Joey has a point, but I think the the complaints he sees starts with the fans. The, the you know when when you have fans or in this case uh, professionals saying, "Hey, the facilities." You know, just the mentality from the from the league to the fans is complacency. Like you, you point out, hey, this team has built good uh, uh, facilities. You know, the compl- oh, well, our facilities are good enough. It, they need to have the right mentality. Blah blah blah. You know, I yeah, think we're actually not good enough because obviously they lost. And well, I think that goes to John's point about only uh, two teams producing eighty percent of the players. You know, that's just complacency. Why, you know, why don't the other? That's that eighty twenty rule. Uh, I've been reading that book, uh, Das Reboot. I don't know if you guys read it, but you know, it was recommended to me by El Chol, which is uh, Jolie's. I think it's his his great 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 uncle uh, that uh, <laughs> that watched uh, El, El Campeonismo when he was, was a teenager. <laughs> but uh, in the in that book, they they mentioned uh, you know in the late nineties, Germany saw that their 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 teams weren't weren't growing. They were getting stuck in old tactics. Uh, you know, the the players they were producing, they were stale. So they went and they built they built a bunch of facilities all across the country, and then they had the, they required the clubs to to uh, build facilities and 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 staff these facilities. And Jolie has mentioned yeah. before how they they have a company rating these facilities and based yeah, on- and and the club the club in order to to keep their their to stay in first division they had to meet some of those requirements, which was like for community they had to uh, you know. Give back to the community and, and put like schools, so so you could go you could go to the local school uh, to get like coaching licenses. Yeah, and and I think it's the country per capita that has the most coach most licensed coaches. Uh, like I think uh, UEFA Pro or or is it yeah the UEFA Pro license, which means you're a professional coach. Uh, 
so you you know you look at this country and, and Germany has won the World Cup what how many times? Three, four. They've won it four, four, World Cup? four times. Four times. So I mean, when you look at this country, just to stay at where they're at, I'm not talking about reach the next level. They're already at the top, and they're still looking at what they're doing, and and they continually evaluate it, and you know. But I guess that's the German mentality, right? So the Mexican mentality, hey, you know, I know what I'm doing. What I have is good enough. Let's do it. Oh my goodness, what a bunch of mental. Well, well the Mexican mentality is, what do you mean I have bad uh, a, a bad place? I don't have a bad place. You have a bad place. Don't tell me I have a bad place. This place is much better. I have a great place. I don't know what you're talking about. That's the Mexican mentality. Don't tell me I have a bad place. Just concerned. Safe word. Safe word. Safe word. That's the Mexican mentality. Why not? <laughs> well, you know what? We can easily me blame this, uh, this, this calabro on Chivas and Pachuca. Especially Pachuca, man. Irving Lozano totally tanked that game. He well, he was responsible for the seven. Yeah, I don't think he was responsible, but continue, please continue. You, you, you. You're right about the player's mentality because you know Irving Lozano has proven uh, time and time again. He played forty. He played forty minutes in the game. How how and how is it his fault? Well, first of all, he wasn't good enough to be able to start. And he wasn't putting the effort in training in order to be able to start second. You know, it's like looking at that red card that he got at the end. It's just ridiculous. That's just him giving up when it was 1 0. So, my God. I got to say, he wasn't giving up. It sounds like one of the. a little bit, John, like you're apologizing for him. I got to say. You know what? Maybe no, he's ready for, for No, I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to I, get the real reason why, why, why Fernando is. Because, because that, seriously, though, that move at the end, too, like, that was just kind of like. Going, I think if anything, it absolutely confirms that whole mentality thing that we were talking about. I mean, you're talking about. How, Did he try how, to rugby how, tackle the coach? No. I, I, my whole thing is about about his little shenanigans. Is that yes, he's choking, he's choking uh, in, in key plays or making the poor decision in, in, in a key moment. Outside of that. You know, okay, you're playing a, a crappy game, but then you're going to go ahead and, and and screw the team up even worse by by getting yourself sent off. I mean, that's it's it's like the the I, I don't know, like it was just the most frustrating thing. It's like, man, you're already you're already screwing up. Do you like why? How are you going to make it worse? And he's got that dumb look on his face, like like a little petulant child. It, it was I th- I found it very annoying, and and it it's to me at least at minimum showed extreme immaturity. At, at at worst, a mental incapacity to to to, to make the right decision. You know, I don't. I don't now, have... now, Dan, honestly, would a would a Santos player have acted like that? <laughs> that's that Rafa Marquez. Absolutely uh, never, dude. On the national team, you know, that's his approach. You know, the Rafa Marquez. Oh, club, actually, it's oh, Americanista approach, right there. Actually, well, no, Rafa Marquez. One of the, one of the things that I wanted to say though is that it seems to be like this is like. We see Mexico seems to be really poor at playing that 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 tough guy type of game, where where when it gets sloppy, it seems like they're they're not able to to find the right um, comfortable spot where you could get away with some some hard tackles. It seems to always just take it too far and make a dumb boneheaded mistake and, and or get punked and and get just beaten down. Just it seems like they're never able to 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 match that type of mentality. In, in the right kind of way, where they their brains don't just go straight into like to, to the toilet. 
that made any sense. Well, you got the toilet in Pachuca part, right? No, actually, <laughs> Chivas is the one that has the toilet seat uh, uh, stadium. The stadium? No. <laughs> <laughs> we do, man. And I also think it's kind of harsh to blame Chivas and Pachuca. I mean, if they're the only ones that are producing anything enough to fill the team, well, maybe blame the other teams that aren't putting out players um, actually, to pick to choose they from. Lost, obviously, they're not producing, if you think about it. They're not well, producing no, the talent that we need to succeed. But imagine. Look, at, look at Chucky Lozano, man. He's being hyped. Hey, hey uh, I'm with you, Fernando, that Chivas and Pachuca, they're not producing the, the results. You could look at them today. But then if, if they're not producing and that is the best we got, then what the hell does every other team have? You know, what what the hell are they not producing? Oh. They have foreign players. That's what they have. They have unlimited amount of foreign players. So per- they're not 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 producing. Pern Pern is flip flopping because first he said it was not a fracaso. And, it wasn't. And you know you know it why it was not a fracaso. Yeah, I but then you can't criticize been. these players weren't. They were never really it, outplayed. If if you look at if you look at the team didn't really look bad. Like, like exactly, and, and, you're making my like, point. Like when Chivas played and They needed luck. They needed luck. But you can't rely on you cannot rely on luck to 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 put you through. That's a game like that needed players to yeah exactly. You need, you need players to step up to show individual brilliance. It's something that we've uh, the ten years that I've known you guys, we, we've been waiting for who's going to be that player that that. That can break the bunker. Who's going to be that player that can dribble through there, five there guys? Was a, there was even plays in this game where a difference maker it was could have Giovanni made that difference. I mean, Gubel, on two plays where, granted, I mean, if you look at them, they were difficult plays to convert, difficult uh, plays to finish, but they were there for taking it had he just kept with a, going with the run. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Man, Gubel makes Chicharito's ball skills look impeccable. Because <laughs> right yeah, there was a play right after that Korea one cross where it went had the legs. A... Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, and, yeah, there was and, a one and, where yeah. there was a cross. Go ahead. Right, and 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 Kubo had a shot where it, where 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 Chucky was wide open to his left, and Kubo never saw him, and, hey, and he just 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 flails at the ball, and, and he kind of fans it and slices it, it was way wide, and Chucky just looking at him, dude. You had three guys on you, and by myself, I would have scored. Well, maybe not, because he probably would have settled it for five seconds before he shot. That's what they taught him at Pachuca. His uh, his 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 uh, his darker-skinned uh, brethren, Choco Lozano, he carried his team into the next round. You know, I watched that game today. Uh, well, it was on while I was in the office. And how many penalties did they miss? It was incredible. It was hilarious. By the power of the BBC, they were able to overcome. They missed two penalties. Hello, baby. Argentina won. Honduras won, I think, right? Anyway. Yeah, so the, the semifinals are set. It's going to be uh, Brazil is going to go up against Colombia. And, and Honduras will play South Korea. Portugal is going to play Germany. And Nigeria is playing either, was it South Africa or Iraq? I'm not sure. Uh oh, Chivas. Chivas, is it going to happen for Chivas? No. Oof. Oh, By the way, for you Chivas fans, they're a way strip. If 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 you see it like in non HD, the 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 blue and the red Frank that they have, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I, I feel like I'm watching the Curtidores. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say River Plate. Cause no, <laughs> no, it looks like Unión de Curtidores. There's there's no question. Oh. 
Oh, do we have another caller? A caller? That, that wasn't a... Wait, hold on. No, that wasn't a caller. That was me. Sorry. Hey, how about we change the sound for when we have a caller? Have it go like, yo, 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 you're on the mic. Or something like that. <laughs> something crazy like that. I'll see what I can find. Or, you know, like, say, uh, chickity check yourself, uh, you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't modify that. Well, the uh, wanted to or how about like you really jarred something loose, Tiger? <laughs> I was like Ernest joining the Ronaldo camp and uh, hating on Pachuca. Who? Ronaldo? Pern. Pern is uh, joining Roni camp and hating uh, Pachuca. Well, of course, dude. Roni just, Roni just does it to mess with fun. And to Antiglor. So Juan, you, you never talked about what, what, what flavor it. the... Wait, wait. flavor the refreshments Juan, were in Pachuca. Juan is a Pachuca lover? I thought he was a, a rebaño sagrado. Juan, Juan has taken some of his kids. They're in the academy, man. Oh, gonna... so you you betrayed your team for because of that? Oh, my God, Juan. You, you missed Unbelievable. I think that we had this conversation, Fernando, when you were uh, you were uh, watching your, your boyfriend, Barry, give a speech. So you missed out. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but holy cow, Juan, I don't believe it. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Well, we were talking about facilities, and obviously uh, the, the Chiva and the Americanistas, they couldn't handle that their facilities were inferior and their lack of investment in youth. And, you know, and I was pointing out uh, how – that's why the first thing I mentioned right now was about the, the German League, how all those world-class world class clubs, including Bayern Munich. <laughs> <laughs> let's just put it this way, Fern. Uh, these guys are rough. Hey, though. From what Joel, I don't know. From what Joel was saying earlier, though, it sounds like uh, Chivas. You know, he was saying Chivas is hyping hyping up certain players, and they're not living up to it. Uh, America used to be known as the team to ruin players. Is Chivas the new team to? To ruin these guys or what? See, I always thought that was Monterrey. You know, the, I actually thought it was a Pachuca. Look at what happened today. The press tried to hype up Chofi. Chofi, uh, what the hell is his name? I forgot already. Chofi Lopez. Chofis? Yeah, they were. No, Chofis. They were, they were trying to hype and, uh, Almeida basically shut him down. He said, "You know what? When this guy does something in his career, then we can, they can, then we can compare him to, you know, Messi or somebody great." Hey, hey but then Almeida goes and gives him the number ten. Well, mean, hey, without even earning it, different. he didn't go out and say, "Hey, you're the best." Okay, you you got the number ten. That means that you have the qualities uh, to be the number ten for this team. Now, it, now go out on the field and show it. Yeah, Wait, so it. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Not even earning it? Who compared to who? Who else can well, deserve to have that number ten? That's, that's a sacred number, dude. You, as, as far as I'm concerned, no one right now. He doesn't start, man. Make, make someone earn it. If you well, ask me right coach. now, I'm the coach. None of you get it. And you, you well, that's why that's why the coach has been winning silverware, you know, because he gives the confidence. Wait, you he know? just won one. He just won one cup, dude. It was hey, a half cup. Dude, it's been better than zero from the last nine seasons. You're three games into the season, and you're having you're you're, you're ringing, you're sounding the alarm bells, and it's it's a base is the same start as it was in Clausura, uh, 2016. Okay, were, but see, he's been were, with the team long enough. So that this shouldn't be an issue anymore. Yeah, but you know how the league works. 
The league is not about who earns the most points as a champion. It's who's in form at the time of the Liga. Who's playing well. <laughs> All right, come no. on, Joey. No, but I mean, as coach, he's been there long enough so that you, you, you know, he, he shouldn't have to be with poor starts already by this point. And and I've, I was even telling uh, Yon how you really can't blame Almeida all the way, knowing how Iguera is. He likes to micromanage. Nah, so, I mean, well, if you want to make excuses for him, I think the team the team is playing well. Their their first goal is to. Maintain possession and not give up any goals. To, to me, one goal. Yep, they need to score goals. The way <laughs> the, the way the the strategy, the the tactical approach to the game is, they're going to generate possession. Uh, they they want to maintain possession and that's generate goal chances. And so far, they've been generating them. Yep. They just haven't been finishing them. Yep. Uh, the whole possession does is that the some Pauli Pauli bar school of thought. So uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, the, I mean, it's not. It's not that's that's like, uh, every team in Mexico. They all generate possession, but they can't score. I mean, it's like well, that's like the the classic case. That, that was the Olympic team too. <laughs> I mean, do you remember when Chicharito scored against France? When he scored, like it was like you know he made, he put the moves on on Lloris and he scored. Remember what? Uh, did you ever see the? Was it? Uh, Pedro Bermudez. He's like he was so desperate for Mexico to score. He was like he was saying, "Don't miss." Don't miss. Don't miss. Because that's all Mexico ever does is they generate a bunch of chances and they don't score. And we saw it again today. And we saw it against Germany. And we saw it against Fiji. And we saw it against... You just go down the list. And we're seeing Chivas do it. No, that, that, the, that's the what like I said for the past ten years. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been waiting. We've all been waiting for this difference maker, this guy that's gonna, you know, that's that's gonna step that, it up. That was when, when the they viewed three players, uh, or I think it was two this past weekend. One was uh, that kid Sendejas from FC Dallas. Uh, he's an interesting player, but he's not. I mean, he didn't look like anything special. A Pocho? Yeah, that one. Well, he's not the first one. They had Jesus Padilla. I think Carlos Salcido as well. You know, it's kind of his story is kind of shaky to me. I think Carlos Salcido was a, you know, might have might have a a U.S. birth certificate as well, but the official record is there isn't. Just my suspicion. But um, but what I'm saying is they're debuting these new players that Almeida's uh, been working with. Now Jolie's gonna say, oh, thanks to Base Real. <laughs> But uh, this kid, uh, they, they, the one they debuted this weekend, Edson Torres, to me. Now I'm not saying I'm not trying to hype him up. I just think he has similar qualities as Eduardo Vargas, uh, the Chilean forward. Who? Uh, oh, okay. The guy that scored a hat trick on Mexico. I thought Eduardo Vargas was uh, like yeah, some Chiva that that never one of the many Chivas that never lived up to their potential. Well, the thing oh. is, is Almeida oh. going to be around for them to, you know? For his work to even have any effect on the team? No, because Real will Real will be the coach by the end of the year. He'll he'll be back. <laughs> well, there you go. By the way, Dan, I saw something very disturbing, uh, and and you guy Mekis. Um, I know that I give you uh, a, a lot of a lot of flack for for your coach in his skinny jeans. <sighs> Paco Palencia, I found out, was not wearing a. You know, he wears his skinny slacks, and I thought he was wearing like a like a blue blazer. It turns out it's a cardigan. Oh shit! 
Can you imagine? I'm just not sure it's the right so, season for so the he cardigan. Looks like a, like a hip, he looks like a hipster Mr. Rogers. It's it's Mr. Rogers with a man bun. I mean, it's really, really, really painful. It's like I'm I'm, I'm embarrassed. It's not a him. it's not a good look. No, I'm I'm a big fan of the cardigan. Personally, are you? See, I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know I I wear Nike dry fits and slacks. There's, that's there's my, something that's about my buttoning uniform. up a sweater that just feels right, man. John, would you have really? preferred the fingernail oh, yeah. with the little look? Well, I would have preferred if he would have kept the black fingernails if he's gonna you know go with that look. Just I'm the open chest, you know. I mean, it it, it really makes you it, it gives you that wide look of the shoulders. It's not well, see, I've never really off, been in the car. And say, well, Fernando, is it okay to talk car? Now that you you said we could, we you put the kibosh on talking about beards last week. Can we talk cardigans for for for, for a few seconds? Men's okay. fashion for for a split second. Are you gonna lie? Go ahead, continue the faggotry. <laughs> well, see, the thing about the cardigan is that in Texas we get to wear. Winter clothes for like six weeks, so I, I just don't have many, many options of the of the long sleeve and keep me warm variety. Yeah, see, that would be my only but, objection because right now it just seems like it's poor timing, isn't it? Like hot and rainy right. most of the time um, in Mexico right now. So I, I'm not sure if if cardigan's really just weather appropriate. He might have been really right. hot, uncomfortable. Well, whatever. Well, he has his 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 man bun is very tight. And like I said, I mean, I would have been fine with it if he would have like filed his fingernails and had the black fingernails. It would have, you know, it totally would have been down. I know it's, I know it's silly and somewhat on a serious note. I think if he really wants to be taken seriously, he needs to cut his hair. I agree. What? And you have, so you have a guy coaching the league in skinny jeans, and you're worried about this guy's long hair? Come on, dude. I'm just saying, man. He looks, he I'm, looks, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a good look. I'm not, I'm not defending uh, my boy at all. I'm just saying that. It's not a professional look for men you know, in a no professional offense, position. Boy, but if, if it, That's all I'm but saying. You guys have a coach that that has the '90s mullet, so let let's not let's not talk. You know, if we're gonna talk fashion, fashion that, don'ts. That's Again, that's a bad look too. <laughs> Good lord! Look at look at all. I mean, it's it, it's terrible. But I'm more concerned. And I'm watching about it on Paco TV right now. Mexican. I'm more concerned about Bob because I mean, he seems to be the only semi-young coach. Um, you know, that's that's in a in a good in um. In a high-profile position, I want him to succeed. I really do. Do you think he should, and, you think and, he should go the full natural, the full natural haircut? Not full on. That's a little too, um, a little too, too straight edge for him. But but he could he could rock like maybe like the the the, you know, some of the looks that some of the kids are wearing these days, like some of those uh, faux what if, faux hawks. What if he did like the like the Dutch boy, the Dutch boy look where he like just cuts it like just down like past his ears. You mean where he and still you know parts in the middle. But think about this, John. If 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 he wasn't concerned, at least on some level, why did he lose the the black nail polish? This this is true. This is true. You know, and of course, you know, if, uh, you know, maybe maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe as as Puma starts winning more, maybe he'll start you know losing you know more and more of his of his player identity. You know, this is going to be um um pretty pretty useful for future reference, John. In case you ever want to get rid of Pern, just start discussing fashion. You, we scared him off. And you he know, left. He practically cursed on his way out, so definitely. <laughs> he wrestled that, him. That was way too easy. No kidding. I didn't. Well, I, I mean, I you know, I you know, I think that we, you know, we cover all angles here at the Los Acero Football Podcast, and you know, sometimes what the what the coach wears is is is, is, is very important. It says a lot about the coach. I mean, look at look at skinny jeans and Santos. I mean, how many have you guys have seen the 
Look, look, you know the pictures on Twitter where they post these guys wearing like the super tight jeans and they have the big, you know, saucer hanging certain, down to their knees. And we're certainly not the only ones discussing this. I've, 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 they've even pointed out as a source of criticism on Turco, like saying that he may be too concerned with his, with his like, with his own looks, uh, than to be paying attention to his team. You know, like so. Even those, well, I mean, I know it's silly. But, uh, you know, that's true because I've seen him on the sideline. Instead of watching the game, he's, like, holding a mirror up to himself and like, checking himself out. You know, he does sure it constantly. That, it's, it's all his hair. Yeah, all his hair is in the right place. Oh, man. What was, that, what was the name of the Smurf that they used to carry the mirror? Vanity. Vanity, Vanity? Smurf. Yeah. Vanity Smurf. Maybe that's what uh, we should start calling uh, Mohammed just to, just to piss Pern off. We'll start calling him Vanity Smurf. <laughs> that's some good stuff, man. I like it. I like. You see, I'm watching. I made that right now. He's got the the, the long sleeves rolled all the way up. You know, the the, the typical Latin three button unbuttoned shirts, his big cross, and of course the what's the beautiful hair that's hanging over his shoulders. What channel is it, John? It's on uh, Univision Deportes. Oh, sorry, Univision Deportes. For I don't want to upset anybody that I say things. Well, you could say Univision Deportes, right? That that works. You that's right. I get a spot on the Chile. Oh, see now, now we have one of our one of our loyal listeners, David uh, Loredo, says no manches, no long hair. How old are you guys? It's 2016. Well, I am in my 40s. Uh, I think I'm the only one that's in my 40s. I think all of no. I think Albert, you're you 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 and I are in our fifth decade, correct? 42. Yeah. See, Albert. Uh, I, 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 the reason I say that, Albert, is because I, I I've seen you personally. And you don't have as, as many gray hairs as I do, which is surprising because you have three girls. I'm sure that you, I thought you'd have a lot more gray hair. Yeah, I got a lot. Three girls. But my. They're little, that's why. My canas no, uh, outweigh. Once they start driving, dudes. you know, that's where the real stress comes in. I got two driving, man. Oh, shit, dude. Good, man, you know what? I would not want to be in your shoes. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Now, Beto's not worried because he raised them right. Yeah. Oh snap! No you know, man. Smack down on these kids, but uh, yeah, it's hard. That's right. Yeah. So, so yes, we uh, we 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 will make fun of of of, of uh, we'll not make fun of it, but I think you're right, Dan. I think that that for Paco Palencia to be taken, you know, especially if he if he starts winning and 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 has a good streak going at Pumas, if he can, you know, then then yeah, I think that if 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 he wants to, I'm not saying that Pumas isn't a bad place to coach, but if he wants to aspire to something more. Hey, like, Dan. let's say if he wants to coach you know abroad or if he wants to. Yes. You said that really hurt, that really cut deep. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, raising your kids on McDonald's and uh, Taco Bell, you know? Man, there's a Wiki, WikiLeaks sighting. I just saw Wiki. He plays for uh, the Tapachula. Yeah, Tapachula. Hey, speaking yeah. of this Tapachula. I think they went, uh, like everyone's attacking Guadalajara on social media with this, uh, Somos Mas, whatever. They went and put, like, photoshopped a bunch of, uh, goats with, <laughs> you guys see that? Just making fun of the Chivas players. Everyone's just getting on the bandwagon. I can't believe oh. Apachula is making fun and, on social media about the, uh, the Chivas. They put, uh, Speaking of Chivas and, uh, and, yeah. and with a three instead of a three. TV. Didn't they change the broadcast? I heard they they gave the game for free uh, for the Querétaro game. They were having so many problems with it that they had to give it for they have they had they had to they had to give it up for free. Well, but but that's the thing. If they know they're not, it's it's gonna be low demand. 
So, so what happened was that for the Monterrey game, there was a lot of complaints, and they did not really. I'm gonna guess how because there were more regios that, that bought the game than Chivas fans, right? So, yeah, yeah. But going by what Vergara said, he said 70% of the people had a good signal. So he basically admitted 30% had bad signal. So, uh, you know, we're we're guessing those people are the ones that went to a consumer report. Even though there's there's rumors that it's it's you know. Well, keep in mind though, when though pulling the strings, huh? Not all those complaints though. I'm sure are valid. I think I'm still gonna go back that if they have a poor um, poor signal, doesn't matter what Chivas TV is set up as. But their experience is gonna suck. It's gonna be choppy. I, I agree with you, but but I also feel that at this point, the people that are ordering it are people that already have a good signal. The majority. Yeah. I'll say the vast majority. They're they're most likely to already have Netflix or something of that, that style. I would call to, them to smart, smarter consumers. Yeah, but they they went public that they changed the their the service they were using. They were using a Dutch service, and they basically they fired those Dutch guys, and they're gonna use somebody else now. Well, yeah. Well, that was part when when uh, I, I forget what it's called in Spanish. It's called like Profo or something like that. And, yeah, there you go. They said uh, they they were investigating them, and if and they were gonna find Chivas, and uh, so that's that's they had to like overhaul the system and and. Jolie, but aren't these good things though? The fact that they actually address them, regardless. No, what, what yeah. it took. They're addressing some of these issues. Um, like you said, the Querétaro had low interest. Yeah, no. What they it, do? They gave it a free. I think that's smart. I think it's actually smart. No, I mean, but see, they should have done that before this. From the very beginning. Agreed. Agreed. That's but why I'll, they got involved them... they were like, you know what? Your signal didn't work. Tough shit. And that was just bad. You know, they should have been like, okay, how can we make it better? Or you know, I'm just trying you're... to. I'm just trying to put the positive spin on uh, on something that's maybe not going as smoothly as they would have hoped. But on some level, at least they're trying on some level to correct some of these uh, some of these mistakes or some of the some of the shortcomings with with how they set it up initially. At least they're they're adjusting. Well, we're, we're going to see um, when when caller, caller. It's a high high demand. So there's going to be a high demand, be it uh, Tigres, America, Atlas, and then we're going to see what how how it how it plays out. We got a caller. Joel, Joel, you have to. Uh, I was, I was, I came very close to to, to going bad cop on you, but uh, we do have a caller. Caller, please identify yourself. Hey guys, do you mind if I just listen and breathe? That's fine. <laughs> hey, I had a Is question it? for you guys. I actually meant to call in about an hour earlier, but I'm a little bit up. Um, I have a question regarding the effect of the global market on the soccer players. We saw Argentina kind of fizzle out. We saw Brazil fizzle out, and today we saw Mexico fizzle out. Um, how do you guys think that of the players being exported to, towards Europe is affecting the youth squad for the national teams? Hey, I'll take that one. Well, that's a I'll very interesting question. That's a, a question that we've discussed uh, you know, several times of, of, throughout the course. Go ahead, Dan. No, it's not Dan. It's Juan. Come on, man. Go Juan. Juan. Michael Pena. Juan. Is a, a man, I, all you Californians sound like you'll have your same accent. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Hey, yeah, man. we have a horrible <laughs> accent. I mean, it's hard to kind of drop. I'm going to give you a bus ticket to California, John. 
Hey, but, that, uh, you know what I, can't uh, you give me at least a plane ticket, man? You're Mr. Moneybags now. No, nah, dude, it's a bus ticket, man. Don't you know it's a bus ticket? Bus ticket to you're, bus. you're 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 not you're not up to speed with the with the big soccer history and lingo. Hey, answer the question, two tickets, man. Two tickets to Oxnard uh, means uh, come get it, man. Tom. Oh, oh does it? Oh yeah. Hey, I would rather have two tickets to Paradise, as, as you were I'm saying. I'm to hear you guys about talk about big soccer, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like to address. Yeah, Juan, answer the question. Well, part of it, I think, uh, the rising prices around the globe is making it more affordable for Mexican uh, youth players and just in general to move abroad. And I think so. You, I think that's why you're seeing it more and more. That's why the, you know, before the valuations they were too high for the European market. <clears throat> um, so I think one is that two. Uh, I think it's going to hurt the national team in the long run because these players, uh, the base of the team is no longer in Mexico. It's abroad. So then they come in, they're, they're, they're not used to playing together, even though they've been together for years. But like, if you look at the Argentina and uh, Brazil, how they, they tend to struggle. I don't think going abroad is actually going to help them. But the other part is there, there's no room for them within the league, right? The youth players are being, uh, with that new rule change? They're definitely uh, being phased out. Now, the big difference between Argentina, Brazil, and Mexico is that, specifically Argentina, is that Argentina is an exporters league. They, they, they players are going are gonna to bust their ass when they because they want to get, they want to go abroad. And that, and that's the lifeblood of the clubs. And, the and they also clubs. don't have that many foreigners in their clubs. Right. Mexico, on the other hand, is an is an importers league, and more more so now than ever with their new rule where they can have as many as ten foreign players on the team. So I think that that more than anything is going to affect the the national team. Now I will say this: I think that, that this is something that uh, uh, tends to get overlooked as far as the national team with this new rule is that the, the players that the, the Mexican players, the young ones particularly, that 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 are able to emerge and still find a find a place. On the starting lineup of a team with this new rule, are are, are going to have to be really good. Yeah. And whether or not you know we can have you know one guy, two guys, three guys, four guys, five guys, or six guys, whatever it is, that that that's going to be the the only opportunity they have is is, 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 to, is to show the coach before they fire the coach or the general manager before they fire yeah. him that they have the ability to to to, to play at the level. More so than the foreign guy, they just spend a lot of money on. What is the caller's name? Uh, Ismael Peralta, amigo. Oh, hey, hey, uh, Ish. I'll say like, like going to your question. Um, for like Brazil, the way it, it affected Brazil was that was that uh they started exporting the players at a, a way younger age. So before they would leave, like in their mid twenties. Now, now they leave, like, you know, sometimes even before they're 16, 20. 17. And, yeah. and what happened is that sometimes clubs, they started, like, accommodating it for, for like, what, what the Europeans are looking for. And, and if, you, if, we, if we take a look at, like, the Brazilian team, at least a while back, they, they look like basketball players, man. They were all tall. Not, it's not that there's nothing wrong with that, but, but you can see their catering. To, to you know what what these teams look for in Europe, uh, physically yeah, 
The, yeah, the, the whole physical the, aspect. And, and did you see some of their like delanteros for the 2014? I mean, that's probably the weakest attack Brazil has ever had with, uh, you know, that, that one dude, Fred, and, and Joe. Well, and just the fact were, that he was the name three. Fred, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he have a clever uh, nickname, right? Even Hulk, even though he's done good in league, but they just they just seem they don't seem like your typical Brazilian type player, and and there is there has been like big discussion in Brazil about about like losing their identity and and how you know how the team now play, and and then it's it's in Argentina started happening too, where where they started poaching poaching the academies. For, for a lot of their talents. You know, I personally believe that Brazil ha- has lost their identity. They've lost it for at least the past 10 years for sure. And a lot of that is because of the fact that the, that the majority of their, you know, their superstar players do play abroad. It, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of the 70s, and I grew up watching a Brazil team that would have maybe one or two guys that would play in Europe. The 1982 team, I think, had three guys or four guys that played in Europe, and they were the best team I've ever seen. And I, and, and and it's not even close. And then they didn't even win the World Cup. It was unfortunate, but it's, yeah. So I mean, I mean, and and what what's tough for for somebody like me is that when you see a team like that when you're 10 years old, I mean, you think that Brazil is going to play like that for the rest of your life. You know, they, I mean, that that's always going to be the basis of comparison for you. And and sadly, because of the fact that Brazil is. The, the clubs have exported all these players, you know, and that there are 23 guys playing in England or Spain or Italy or wherever it is. The uh, the, the Brazilian flair that you that you know the, the Jogo Bonito that everyone's been talking about, it's just it's just not there. I mean, I think we saw it a little tonight because they actually played a formation that that that, that kind of brought out who Brazil probably wants wants to be, but just for whatever reason hasn't been able to show it. And you know, they certainly showed it tonight. I mean, they had a lot more. A lot more flair tonight. So, you know that that '82 team uh, uh, doing terribly at the yeah. World Cup is is part of the reason why they uh, they went away from looking for those type of talents. Uh, well, they, they didn't do terrible. I mean, they 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 yeah. got rossied. I mean, it. I mean, they were. I mean, every goal they scored was a work of art. I mean, they really was just. A, they were tremendous. I mean, they just had a just had. They ran into a buzzsaw. They just caught him. It was unfortunate. You know, um, to address this question maybe a little bit uh, tangentially is that uh, uh, it, it seems like every country that has won the World Cup recently, uh, uh, you know, going back, most the base of their players, they're in a world-class league, but like the, the main course... And domestic. Play- yeah, they're domestic and they play together. Like you look at a uh, Spain. In the same club. Yeah, Spain. You know, had the the Real Madrid and the Barcelona players, who even though they they play in separated clubs, the core plays together and they play together for years on the youth teams. Uh, and then the same thing with Germany, <clears throat> with their players. Uh, you know, most of them played in uh, in Bayern and. Uh, I think it was. It's uh, interesting that you mentioned that, uh, Juan. Because I thought, you know, that's one of the things that for for the past month we've been talking about. We were, you know, kind of glad that that, that that the Olympic team was going to have a base of either what was Pachuca and Chivas, but they didn't play the style that Pachuca plays when they play, you know, their 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 Liga MX games. 
But so my question is, why not? I mean, if if the base of your team is made up of six or seven guys that play on the same team, why wouldn't you adapt to what they do? I mean, imagine imagine Spain. You know, they had that uh, that tremendous run from 2008 to 2012, where they won two Euro Copas in the World Cup because they played bar- the Barcelona style. Because they had, you know, seven of their out their outfield players were Barcelona players. Imagine saying, "No, we're going to be a counterattacking team because that's I'm the coach and that's what I like and that's how we're going to play." And, and you know, um, but these things, uh, Aragonés and also uh, uh, Del Bosque on record kind of saying that, hey, uh, we knew the kind of players these were, so we didn't really, we didn't reinvent the way they played. We, we didn't have to do anything, exactly. We didn't, we, you know. We just, we. So, we, so we, that's why I get a little frustrated with, with coaches like Potro and Chaplin and all these guys. Like, oh, we got yeah, to, gotta, we got to play this way because cause that's what I, oh, dude, it's not just Osorio, man. Chepo was the same way. Uh, I mean, even even Miguel Herrera was, a, you know, to to a certain degree, you, you know, know just, was just, you know, well, they had to play this formation. This is the coaching talent the league produces. So then, that tells you that the coaching requirements in the Mexican league, there the bar is way too low. You know, and I think that's something that hasn't been addressed. Their 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 licensing process, I don't think it's uh, encompasses enough, or it's it's a uh, you know, it's just. I mean, basically, you just gotta take a course for six months, and even even if what, what did Galindo didn't he score like forty percent that they the 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 new coaches were doing so bad that they stopped publishing the results uh, in their in their exams. So I think they need to reevaluate their coaching process as well. When all the Mexican coaches, uh, you know, the Chepos, Potros, Almaguer's, they're all basically clones of each other, and they're not. Hey, but Chepos numbers though. I know a lot of you guys dislike him, but his no, numbers—they're very good. He's—he's. He's, if but you compare him to even level. current coaches, his his stats well, well, are. Well, right has the same, but Chepo's story is the same everywhere he goes. He starts off great, you know, maybe wins a couple of things, does really well, and then they figure him out, and he doesn't make the adjustment, and they just go into this terrible funk. And it's and it's happened everywhere he's gone. But well, I mean, he was just been in Chivas and Toluca, and and he won two two championships at Toluca and at Chivas. He he would always make it all the way to like semifinals, final semifinals. He, so no. I'm not saying uh, Chepo's a bad coach for Liga MX. Him and Vucitech are the best Liga MX offers. But then what does that tell you when the league's best just simply isn't good enough? They, you know. Well, I don't think Vuce has gotten the. Uh, well, he didn't get you know, the opportunity. Yeah, he yeah. didn't get. He got he got Televisa so is what happened. To Piojo, him. Piojo and Chepo were the most recent uh, league champions, right? Uh, so you know, so what does that tell you when the, the league coaches they're just not good enough? The Mexican league coaches. That's why I, I'm 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 an advocate for when when they fire Osorio and they will fire Osorio before the end of the year. <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in. I'm all in for Tuca. I'm all in for Tuca. Hey, it's it's I, I, the whole thing going back to to what to Juwan. It, it's it's our culture, man. We, we don't have faith on our own. And and you you sent me that story earlier, the one that you linked up about uh, this dude that's good friends with Tiburon Sanchez and uh, Tiburon presenting this project, and they weren't they weren't even trying to listen to him. And that that's pretty much across the board. I mean, it it took Valencia a long time to get, 
you know, to, to get a shot at, at Pumas. Tempo lasted a lot longer than any other coach in the league, either or outside the league would have lasted. And we both know it, man. He, Sven, the rope, the rope with the patience with Sven, it was a lot shorter. And Wait, you're now you're talking about national team. I'm talking about national team. Yeah, that's that's. No, that's, but we're we starts at clubs, though. I mean, if we're gonna have more more coaches, then it has to be at club level. And even even like for for the second division, Liga de Ascenso, it should be filled with Mexican coaches. And it's it's well, you have it's, like it's you so have all those dudes that fracasaron in in, in 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 you know in in Liga MX, and then they just. Right, so it's the same coaches from the same pile. And the same, yeah, same, and a bunch of South Americans. And it's like, I, I don't Raul have any <laughs> You know what, but... The, Ruben Roman Romano. If, if you fill them with the same ideas everywhere, these, these, it's the same ideas. And at the but, national team level, they're not producing. But but you know, you know what, Juan? You need to change the process for the league so that when you finally do pick a national coach from the, within the league, he's... He's ready for the national level. Like every coach that steps up from the league to the national team, they fall short. Every single one of them. But but you know what? All of Mexico's biggest achievements have come under Mexican coaches. So but but that's what I mean. And that's every every single national team that has won the World Cup, if they've won it with a te- a coach that has the same nationality. Yeah. There's no, no I, I agree with the league structure thing. That that's been my. I, I've been on that. I've been stuck on that for years. But, but uh, you know. Uh, I mean, the, the ideal would be you have these qualified coaches to pick from, but you don't have them right now. So you have to import. You have to be flexible and realize. No, hey, but but see, that's what I'm saying. They're not getting chances. It's like a catch-22. They are getting chances, and they're falling short. You're telling me nobody gave Potro a chance? They moved them up from the U- Nobody's U- given him a chance yet? To the U-20. Well, well, he moved. Look, they've been moving him up, and he's been falling short. You know, so oh, Chicago. Oh, you we know, got another caller. Hello, buenas noches. Uh, call last week. My name is uh, Tomas. How's everyone doing? Tomas, how are you? Are you having a good night? Did, are you okay today, Tomas? Did you did you go into the tub and honest, I saw and, and, and get the sharpie out and then write them on your veins? Go, this is where I'm going to cut myself, and then you thought better of it. Whoa. <laughs> it was it was one of those things where um, I knew it was coming, so the blow wasn't that bad. But I just wanted to say a couple of different things. I I just got on us, so I don't have no don't know what you guys were talking about. I apologize for that, but I just want to say that uh, I think that as a fan base, uh, Mexico fans, we need to calm down with the way we hype some of our players, our younger players. So. Uh, we saw, I think we saw Irving Lozano uh, expose this tournament. I think we see that he was hyped because perhaps it's the Pachuca system that makes him look very good. But even if he was out of position or he was playing in the wrong system with uh, Potro, I, I would think that if he's you know worthy of playing at uh, Manchester United, he would make an impact some way or some you know somehow. And he just looked he looked horrendous. Today, in the Fiji game against uh, Germany, you know, he he missed a couple open goals. So, altogether, I think it was an eye-opening experience, I think, for the fan base. More so the, you know, 
But I think that we need to learn to stop hyping up these guys who haven't done shit, but for some reason, you know, just because he runs fast, you know, he's the next, he's the next uh, Messi. And even like, is, he's talented, he has talent, but the guy can't even start for uh, Porto yet. So I think we need to like relax because he makes one awesome goal against freaking Venezuela that all of a sudden he's like a beast. So I think that the Mexican fan base needs to be harder on the players. The same goes for like the media and the federations. Like everyone needs to prove themselves at a club level and then, you know, at the national level because, you know, we get all these guys with Jonathan Los Santos, Gio, Carlos Fierro, like Ulises Davila. Like I can go on forever. Like I can make a, I can make a, a team of just bums. <laughs> all these guys are projected to be like the next best thing, but that these guys are just they're just overhyped and they buy into it and Carlos Vela, another fucking bum. Everybody treats him like he's like like he's a god and the guy can't even play for his own team. So I mean, that's all I gotta say. Word up. <laughs> Tomas, thank I you think you know what I appreciate it. That's uh you're echoing a lot of sentiments that we have Expressed over no, the past. I, I agree. Uh, I agree so. with them. You know, I, I agree. I agree with Tomas, Carlos but, but, and Gio. They're European petardos. Hey, but don't you think that attitude? It's embedded in us since little kids. Which one? Uh, you know, we have a birthday. We get a piñata, and it's and it's it's in the image of something we really like. And the only thing we're gonna do to it is beat the shit out of it. Beat the hell out of it to get the candy out. Yeah. <laughs> to get the, yeah so, and so then the worst part about it is that it's not even candy that you like. <laughs> so then you start hating that thing. The thing is, the players' fault <laughs> also, though. The players believe their own hype. The only one who, who's I think stayed humble and has had the most success mm-hmm. is, is Chicharito. And, but you know what? Chicharito is is third generation football player, and and his his and grandfather and his dad have been very close to him. So. So they, they pretty much guided him. Like new team like coming up that I think has the next best shot to be as good as Chicharo or maybe even better is probably Raul. Raul Jimenez like that he seems like the kind of guy that uh doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low and he he goes about his job. But like the other guys like they just seem like they're like they're they buy into their to their own hype. They think that they're you know, they don't I forgot who it was, I don't know if it was Piojo or Luca, somebody said that uh, a lot of the players in the Mexico squad, they literally have to go to their rooms to wake them up in the morning to go train. And the fact that you baby your players that much, it, it just goes to show how broken the federation is at a foundational level. And until that changes, nothing is going to change. They're spoiled, bro. And you can, you can tell who they are, too. I follow them on, and yeah. I mentioned this before, I follow them on, my, on Instagram, on Twitter, on social media. You can tell exactly. who they are. You can tell how, the, how they post their selfies, how they, they post about mm-hmm. all this. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you bring this up because it's how Aquino, he kind of got booted out of Rayo because he, he, he started like, they had taken him out of the first team. And instead of training, he, he took a sabbatical and, and he, was, he was taking uh, Instagram shots of, he was sightseeing. <laughs> that, you know, that kind of sounds like Pulido also. The only pictures <laughs> of himself in a, you know, in a diaper. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, With his abs flexing. Yeah, I think they need they need a, they need like a. It just needs to change foundationally, like at a fundamental level, and 
I don't see that happening unless like they literally kick out every everybody and like clean house and start with like a new. You know, but you know what, dude? You're right, Tomas. When you say it's at the foundation, and uh, just recently, uh, Juan shared this link of this like insider link of this guy that claims to be a really close friend of Tiburon Sanchez. So uh, Tiburon was trying to bring in a group of ex Chiba players, but one of the things they're trying to get rid of was like the players partying too much. So they're saying even even before they debuted in the first team, because they already have just that fame of being in, uh, in Chivas, they're all they're you know they're they're getting crazy with with the partying and the drinking. Yeah, yeah but I you mean, know, I don't mind the crazy partying with the drinking as long as you do your job. So yeah, but I mean, see, they're not doing but, their job. <laughs> but, but I mean, I agree. What I'm what I'm saying is is that you know players have an image. And people think that the well that that's just you know uh, like Beto just said all these guys are a bunch of spoiled brats etc. You know Chicharito is, is is a guy that you know we talk about this all the time that that, that he, he carefully crafts his his online presence you know and then and 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 what and who he sponsors etc. Yada yada yada. Yeah, but, but for all we know, you know he could be running like New Jack you know crack cocaine there there in, in Cologne. Yeah, but, but look, look at you as well. so the was with, So I agree with John there. Because you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, and you I have no that. idea. But you know what? When he steps on the field, man, you you—I mean, he wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, he he busts his ass. You see it. You know, and obviously. Exactly. I. And, like and John said, I don't care if you're running cocaine, if you got a, you know, if you're a pimp on the side. I don't care as long as you keep that under wraps and you perform on the field. Right. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Raul uh, shows it on the it field. It just seems like like. This seems like uh, somebody just said right now. Sorry, I apologize. I don't know everyone's name, but someone said that they're more concerned with their like their social media status and like how many hearts and likes their fucking picture gets. Like instead of winning, because I honestly don't think anyone on the team, besides maybe a couple guys like maybe Raul and maybe Chicharro, are are embarrassed about losing seven to zero. Like to Chile, and then they don't care because they know that even if they play like shit. They're still getting paid, you know, millions to to go over in whatever country or whatever team they're playing, as opposed to like maybe a team like Germany. If Germany were to lose seven to zero, you better believe that those guys would be pissed off, you know, and they would be. Well, that and they would also have a complete system overhaul, like they did when they were eliminated from the 2000 and 2004 Copa. No, in Germany, as, as Juan talked about in the Das Reboot. Yeah, in Das Reboot, the process started in '98 when they, when they had all those old farts and Mexico couldn't put them away. <laughs> right. And they realized, hey, you know what? If Mexico, you know, if they can keep up with us, and it's time we we. Hey, go. Mexico was keeping up with them in '86, dude. Uh, and, and and Mexico and, scored a goal in '86, and it was disallowed. Yeah, El Abuelo Cruz. Siempre. Yeah. To be fair, I don't want to put it all on the players, but I think that our, the fan base, including us as fans, we we need to change like the, what we demand, or, like our level of what we find acceptable. Because for many years, like I I I don't do this anymore, but for many years and still pre- presently, like people are content with winning, which is beating the United States for a Concacaf like tournament and like beating. Like going to Almuras and win, get winning a game is a fucking like like a notch under the belt. Like I think we need to like demand more from them, but I don't know. No, I, I agree with well, you. Because the, the, the biggest we, problem, Tomas, and and it always has been, is that until the FMF changes their their 
their business model from a from what's best for the the sport to what's how can we make the most money? When that changes, then then I think we'll start seeing some of the things that you're talking. But right now, all they care about and all they have cared about since they were awarded the World Cup in 1970 is how much money can we make? You know, I mean, you know, honestly, what other country in the world would want to associate their national team with diarrhea? In 2006, Mexico had the official diarrhea medicine of La Selección Nacional. <laughs> Who, who 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 wants that association? England. <laughs> you know you know you know John um um right now you guys are reminding me uh like a while back Ronnie he used to talk about that uh that the Mexican league owners they were they were looking to make the Mexican league more like the Premier League um and I think we're seeing some of the symptoms of that happening as far as uh you know with the rule changes the. Uh, the teams underachieving constantly, and then uh, maybe youth players being inflated, making too much money too soon. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's funny you bring that up. I don't know if it's just like uh, maybe it's my own deranged thought or whatever, but if you look at the – like you said, you look at the Premier League, there's an influx of – there's a ton of foreign players in that league, Spanish, African, from all over the world. You think that that has hurt like English players because if you look at the English team over the past you know years and years they have underperformed. You think maybe, like maybe was their last good cup year? You think that's what's going to happen in Mexico? They're going to get even worse like that? Yes, I yeah. do. Ninety ninety was the last time, which which uh, coincidentally that's when the when they became the Premier League. So so. They had been having all the problems with the hooligans, and uh, they went to Italy '90, and and they had they reached like the semifinals, and then after that, right, and then when they went to the '90, they put them on the island so they could control the hooligans. Yeah, and you remember then, that? Yeah, they put yeah, them on that, Sicily. <laughs> and then the Premier League came I'm in. I'm serious. Which, <laughs> no, 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 but see, it's it's kind of similar what's going on because then, you know, they they changed to Premier League, and and it, they are what they are now. So kind of the same is happening in Mexico where where the league changed to Liga MX, you know, and and they they're doing rules like the 10-8 rule, which is mainly which is mainly for trafficking of players. So it's like that allows the clubs to buy more foreigners and also to sell more foreigners. Um, but yeah, I, we're gonna end up with like 10, 10 uh, sometimes a game and there's only like two Mexicans playing out of like 22. That's why. But you know what the sad thing is, Joel, about that is, people say, oh well, you know, like, like the, I forget what game it was. I think it was maybe Necaxa against Pumas, and fans were complaining that it was boring because there were too many Mexicans on the pitch. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. You know, that's why it's important that Jolie support uh, the Almeida project because uh, Kivas is. Basically it is important, Juan, for everyone <laughs> who is a fan of Mexico to support any project that Chivas has. If Chivas were smart. And again, that's a big if. The, well, you know what? They, 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 they showed... would see this opportunity to say, you know what? <laughs> this is our chance to become the the base of the national team for years to come, because we're going to be the only team that's playing Mexicans. Now, keep in mind, they could, they could rule and control the national team. As the saying goes, "Como está Chivas, está la selección." Somos leyenda del fútbol mexicano.
No, keep, keep talking. So, you know, you know the same post, como está Chivas, está la selección. So right now, Chivas... That was misleading, though. That was misleading, though. Uh, Hold on. Chivas has... throwing smoke up our asses with that. They, they've been... Organ, uh, at the organizational level, at the top, they've been a disaster. They've been a disaster. You know, Jolie, he watched the game, doesn't watch it. I can't hear you, man. I'm not listening. So basically, everybody, go subscribe to Chivas TV because that's the only way. Go! He's going to get better. So, you know, <laughs> you know, under, under Higuera, I know Jolie doesn't like Higuera. Uh, I think he even got blocked. Uh, from reading the tweet. And... <laughs> no. Under this guy, Chivas has shown that they learned their lessons. Uh, they still make the mistakes, but they learn from them. No, no, Juwan, I think you're going to like what I'm going to say next. And that's that. Going off of what... <laughs> going off of what John said about if you could control, you know, you could control the, the uh, national team if you have if you have the, the core of the of the team. I think I think Pachuca is, is going to be smarter enough to figure that out, and and uh, they have been doing a better job recently. If, if I were Jorge Vergara, what I would do, I would say, well, who are the best Mexicans playing in the league right now, and let's get them all. Yeah, that that is that is the strategy that I would take right now. They offered twenty million dollars for Chucky, and Pachuca wasn't taking it. I would I would like to see Chivas go after Alan Pulido if possible, bring him back. I think that Dude, would he ain't ever coming back. You can forget that. That is just not going to happen. They've tried, man. He is he is blackballed like like uh, like Alvo's brother was for. He's gonna ha- he's gonna have to play elsewhere for the rest of his career. He ain't ever coming back. I just think it's just not going to happen. No one. He is radioactive right now for. What well, he has like two more years, two more years at Olympiacos. Whatever it is, when he's when he's done there, he he ain't going anywhere else. He's not going to Mexico. You know, I remember one time I was listening to the radio before Thano died, and they asked him about playing in Mexico again, and the dude started crying because he knew that he couldn't. Wow. Yeah. No wonder they so, can't That's some messed up corruption. I, I'm wait. I'm not. I don't think that's corruption, man. You have to. You're gonna get jacked the way that Argentina gets jacked for players. And so you, if if you're spending like yeah, amount of Argentina money, yeah, but Argentina wants to get jacked the players. That that that's how they that's how they that's how they fund so, the club. I don't think so, man. River Plate kind of lost a lot of yeah, but they're, they're the millionarios, man. They're the only ones that have money. They don't have. They don't know, man. They were losing a lot of money on on losing really young players and and getting just the finder's fee. So I I think it it protects the clubs from their investments and and we hear that they don't want to sell them but they have been selling them. Uh, America sold their top two prospects, Reyes and uh, and uh, Jimenez. And, yeah, and they went for a good price and and they get valued more. Look look at Ochoa. Charlie's for free and and he doesn't get he he has to struggle because you're gonna value more what 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 cost you. Something comes for free, you're not gonna, you know. A lot of times, you're not gonna care. You know what? Those those guys are lucky they got out, right? 
que era Paleta Esqueda, Santi Fernández. Do you remember uh, Tony Lopez? He had that one month where he was scored like seven goals. <laughs> hey, what? Yeah, exactly. Nobody knows who he is anymore. I, well, I couldn't hear you because of the music. No, Tony. Oh, Lopez. Tony Lopez. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, the, the... I, I think those those players are lucky. They were able to leave when they did, and they're they'll be better players. Because you remember Diego Reyes at America. He was in a uh, indisputed charger. He a uh, starter. I'm sorry. He was getting benched a lot by Piojo. Uh, uh, Juan already thinking about pointy ball. What? The uh... Yeah. Oh. The Chargers. <laughs> you know, it's funny that, uh, you know, for, for someone who was such a massive opponent of the 10-8 rule, his uh, his club, Crew uh, America, sure does seem to like it a lot because they, they are fielding a huge chunk of uh, foreigners right now. Do they even play Mexicans right now, America? Well, I, they had to sign some, I think, to meet the rules. <laughs> that, that's Is the he problem. the only one? I think that we need to we need to eliminate America from from existence. <laughs> that's that's the issue. But but they're the perfect well, rivals. They they bring the. Pressure. But actually, it was it was the it was the Monterrey teams. They were the ones that that, that really demanded. Hey, to bring this, Ronnie, uh, this this rule change. To bring Ronnie and Ronnie's argument is uh, there needs to be more Mexican more Mexicans in America because. They're going to feel the pressure of the fan base, pressure from the big club in America, and then they won't be able, to, they won't be failing like Chucky did during this uh, Olympic. You mean? Uh, well, I mean, uh, there's something to be said about that. I mean, if you look back at all the the great Mexico teams, most of them have had a, you know, until very recently had, a, you know, they were Pumas base or they were Cruz Azul base or an America base or a Chivas base. I mean, I'm talking, you know, since the '80s, it was always. You know, one of those teams was always the base of the team. You know, even even the the, the 2010 team was half half Pumas, half Chivas. So what? At, 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 at least through the system. I, I wonder. There were like six Pumas and eight Chivas on that team. And they played they they, they played spectacularly. The the team was very exciting to watch uh, in the build up to the to the World Cup. Then kind of. Uh, and then. Made a little. Vasco had, went temporarily insane. <laughs> I wonder if we're gonna see like the winners of World Cups are gonna be Germany, like a rotation of Germany, Italy, all these all these countries with players that play, you know, in local league or like a Bayern based or Juventus based team. Uh, whereas Brazil and Argentina with all their scattered players, Mexico with all their scattered players are gonna end up failing and failing and failing. Uh, and that, just that's interesting because didn't um I think the Chile team I'm not saying, I, and everybody that said that acts like the Chile team that beat Mexico 7-0 is now a world power. I do think they're very good, but at the same time, they're a very good team. But I think that the majority of the players on that team were all from the base of uh, their their Colo Colo team, right? They were Colo Colo. Yeah, they all they all uh, came out through Colo Colo, and they were all on the same youth team, even though they, they play were... differently now. But yeah, they've they've been playing with. They've been playing together since they were teenagers. There's, yeah, there's no question. Yes, I mean, so I think that that's, that goes to show that familiarity and coming up does make a difference. So even if if playing abroad, I think is a little bit overrated. I think that a lot of people um, kind of hold that almost like to like a, a too high of a standard. I just think that they need to develop the players, even if they stay in Mexico, just get them consistent playing time because. Quentin. 
You, you know, it wasn't just Colo Colo, though. It was uh, Universidad de Chile and Universidad Católica. So they're drawing players, uh, but basically those three clubs are... Uh, those are those historically have been... Those basically, there are only three top clubs. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, oh, like... Uh, they they're the only clubs in Chile that have stadiums. We got yeah. from, no, uh, no, but, but going with the whole having a core group, the federaciones, uh, you know, they believe they resolved it. And and the resolve is is by, you know, with the youth teams and and playing them more often. So so they they started investing since uh, going back to 2000 when they they created the under 15 team, which that was the team that ended up winning the under 17 World Cup. But but that's been like their whole thing that they're holding on to that we're gonna get a, a core group of a good five six players that that they're gonna play together since since. The youth teams, all the way up to the senior team, but but I think uh, one thing I had talked to John about was that it's going to be a really small pool of players that that you're going to get going going through that system. Hey, we got another caller from Texas. Well, all right, all right, all right. Dallas area. Who who's the who's the Texan on the line now? Hi guys, it's uh, my name's Stephen. Stephen, thank you for calling. Um, as far as the whole ten eight rule thing, I'm thinking maybe uh, young Mexicans could start looking towards MLS for playing time in the future. And I know it's not you know you are uh, you are preaching to the choir. That I'm at, that is something that Hawaii has you know, discussed at length. It could be an alternative. No, we already see it. Is it is absolutely a good alternative. And with MLS expanding, they have, what, 20, 20 teams now? They want to be to 28 teams by, so like, the, in four or five years. Yeah, John, and from the Olympic team, you had Google, MLS, and Salcedo also got developed in, in MLS. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, you know, with, with them expanding, I think MLS is a very viable option. I think MLS would, would welcome it. They're, they're desperate to tap into... The uh, the biggest soccer market in this country, which is the Hispanic market, there's no question of that. I think that the ratings have uh, proven that over over the years. So yeah, I think the MLS is a, is a very viable, op- a very good option for the players. It's uh, it, it would be it would be the ultimate irony, wouldn't it, that that, that MLS becomes the, uh, the 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 place where 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 Mexico develops its best players. It, it, it would it would absolutely crack it up. But I do think that that's that is something like 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 that guy uh, David Sasola retires at 24 because he can't play in Mexico anymore, dude. You, you know, know, go so you know, give FC Dallas a call. Dude, you you gotta have some heart. You can't fucking. If, I mean, if you actually believe you have the talent, you believe in yourself, then you know, fight for it, man. Do something about it. Don't just say, oh, I'm gonna retire because I didn't get opportunity. Dude, we're bust your ass and show that you do deserve it. You know, well, maybe he was one of those guys that Chiki's was talking about that that posted all his cute little pictures and selfies on the Instagram and. You know, when he found out that he wasn't going to be on the team, he did a he did a sad face and he posted it. My sad face. <laughs> I didn't make the team. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I missed the caller's question, man. I'm sorry. What, what was the question? His question was uh, actually one of our comments said that with the 10-8 rule, do you think that there's a possibility that that MLS might help fill the void for some of the Mexican players that might get frozen out of playing in Liga MX and Joel and I have. Oh. Talked about this at length, and we think absolutely it would be would be a great place to fill the void. It it, it could it, it's not going to happen. They're not even giving their own players a chance to play. 
like uh, you know, most of their players go into the college uh, scene first, and then they go. I mean, they have a they have reserve teams, but those players they maybe they get a play once every year. I mean, you have some interesting prospects in that. At least in LA, the LA Galaxy, they got some interesting players there. Uh, I mean, you saw them in the the MLS homegrown versus uh, Mexico Super you know, most but that's the thing, though, uh, Juan, is that, I mean, you're talking about the teams that are established now. Yeah, remember, MLS wants to expand to 28 teams within the next five years. So but, that's 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 eight more teams that has a bunch of roster spots that the college system in this country, frankly, just can't fill. You know, I mean... So they have to get the players somewhere. But the rules, I don't know if you know their rules. Their rules are so complex. Um, exactly. Hey, which means that they have to... You know, you could... What they artificially artificially uh, deflate the Canterano prices, so and then they bring in these like uh, I don't I mean, what do they call them designated players and I mean they got all these rules to bring in all these other players that I don't think is gonna happen. Cause... Hey, they did. They, they got Kubo. Kubo was playing right now in in the biggest Olympic game for Mexico, mm-hmm. and he's an MLS player. He's a designated player, too. And how is he a designated player if he's on the bench? Oh, he's a designated <laughs> player. That's hilarious. Who's a... What are they talking about? He's a DP. What? MLS. <laughs> what are we talking about now? What? No, man. I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's... that's you're, you're saying that the MLS to get... Sir, John's just hating me. That's what he's talking about. Like Google, like... Uh, David Villa and all these guys, they assigned them a designated player and they. No. Look, they got they had uh, Carlos Salcedo. They, they got him from Tigres, you know, and they helped develop him. He went back to Chivas. Uh, they have a goalie didn't, right didn't now. Didn't Carlos Ochoa play like in Kalamazoo or something like that before he played World War the number 10 against uh, the U.S. in one of those Columbus games? Okay. <laughs> No, but could you imagine like the MLS being sort of like all the all the Mexican players that can't make it in the uh, go to MLS and make the MLS huge? No, I, I don't think it'll be like that. I, I think that they they'll be pretty smart about scouting potential national team players, especially from the youth teams, and and there's going to be a lot of talent that they're not going to you know no tienen cabida in the big team. So if if you promise them playing time, they're going to take it. No, but what if they attract the attention of all the Mexican Americans, and then the 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 league to watch is all of a sudden MLS amongst the Pochos and all these and all these guys? I, I, I think that uh, people that are really potential because maybe right now it's not it's not on the level of Liga MX, but I think that if it, if uh, Liga MX doesn't take care of their players, then why would not be a viable option for young guys who are being you know shut out? On their own clubs. I mean, here in Chicago, the Chicago Fire, um, they recently made a big hire. They hired a, like one of the uh, the PS uh, PSG's uh, like youth uh, directors to you know develop their, their develop their system. So I mean, like, it, there's a lot of potential to grow here. The market is huge, and as you guys mentioned, there's a giant Hispanic market. It's just a big a big option for. You know, league on next players, if, and I can see how that might that might be an option in the future. And if that happens, you know, league, league on Max and M3, they could end up hurting. So, you know. if 
If that were to happen, I have two words for you. Geisy Zardes. <laughs> but that's the thing, Juan. Is, is, is not, not everybody's going to pan out. And I think that that's been the biggest fallacy of, 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 of the youth system that, uh, that Joel described that the national team or the, the Femex would set up where like they have all these we're gonna send all our youth teams and play tournaments all over the world and by the time they make the, by the time they make the senior side they're gonna be playing together. Well, that's great, but I mean, no, but what, what are the chances that a U15 guy, honestly, out of the 23 that play, are is, is gonna is gonna make the senior side out of the 23? How many how many of those guys are gonna are gonna pan pan out? Uh, One. Uh, there's the, that group, Two. That group, this kid is interesting. Pizarro has been called up already, right? Uh, Chucky's been called up. Um, but I mean, on the, I'm just talking about on the individual skill level and quality of the player. So maybe, maybe Beto has that video of uh, guys these artists. So Tomas could uh, uh, be up to date on that comment. First touch, the first touch video. But yeah. even uh, the thing to go to think about the the youth teams. Like we're putting a lot of stock also into like what these youth tournaments mean and how how winning the gold cup or how winning the U17, 23 means is we're the next big superpower because you look at a lot of these African teams like Nigeria, Senegal, uh, I forgot the other one, they've consistently won the, their youth by gold for the World Cup their, for their age uh, group, but at the senior level, they haven't done anything. So, Well, sure. I mean, that's because, you. I mean, like clockwork, two weeks before <laughs> the World Cup, they make an announcement that, that the Federation doesn't have any money and they're going to go on strike because they haven't gotten paid. So they have many, many more things to worry about, and then when they finally, you know, you know, finally do settle down and have, don't have to worry about that. You have, you know, you have performances. I mean, I'm, I'm believe me, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the African teams. I love watching them. I, I want them to. That's why I'm, I'm always a little nervous when Mexico plays an African team because I mean, I just think that they, that their potential is just is is absolutely insane, and uh, you know, like Ivory Coast, and the, the two World Cups that they make. Uh, you know they get stuck in just just ridiculously difficult groups, and then they finally get an easy group last in the last one, and they just they they just lose their mind in the last few minutes against Greece. But the uh, I forgot what my, my point was going to be. But the <laughs> so you got me all riled up about talking about the African teams. But uh, but they they have so many other things to worry about other than just playing because their federations you know, unfortunately are just. You know, they make they make Femex Foods look like the Duscher Ball, the Deutsche Fußball Bund, or whatever it's called. You know what? The um, uh, I don't think the MLS is gonna go for for youth players, Mexican youth players, because uh, they tried that. But that's not who we're, we're talking about, Juan. We're talking about established Liga MX players that are gonna have, that have nowhere to go because maybe because the, the, the because they're they're they're, they're gonna be frozen out. Those are the guys we're talking about, not the youth players. Yeah, they want the marketable ones. So, I mean, if you have a case of like a Carlos Vela or a Guardado, the guys that have been on the national team that are extremely marketable, that's going to happen. No, but see, they could could both. It's going to be cheap. Exactly. They have to to fill the rosters. There are eight teams. Eight teams is half of Liga MX. Eight teams. Put it this way. They could resell them back to Liga MX. Did you guys when did you guys know Paco Palencia spent time in MLS, right? Did you go watch him? I did. She yeah. was USA. What, what, what about um, I? I uh, didn't. Jordan. I didn't miss one of his games. He or Ramon. 
Hugo Sanchez, and, and, uh, Sanchez ended his career at FC Dallas, and he scored a Chilena goal at FC Dallas uh, on, on the one time I happened to be at the Cotton Bowl. Hey, really, it was I incredible. Emelanco's uh, Chicago Fire career when he was in the MLS. That's so, right. Black, black. Those, are the, those are the big Mexican national team names. Now, did you guys go watch <laughs> Chore Mejia? I, 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 I don't miss any Chori Mejia games when he plays for <laughs> Team X. You goddamn liar. Hey, I went to watch Juan Pablo Garcia when he came to Chivas USA, and, and Juan Pablo Garcia was supposed to be the next best thing, and he... The he guy that I'm waiting hard. for is uh, is is uh, Chato Rodriguez. Wherever Chato Rodriguez goes, <laughs> still. I'm going to be rocking it up there. The shift that still has to happen. What if what if a guy like Fabian went to MLS? Like even Pochito Gonzalez or guys like that. Like if if they trickles like that, I can see how they would go. Because I don't know if the ten eight rule is here to stay like permanently or if we're making a big deal about it or what it is. But if things can look at it this way, Juan, you can have yeah, exactly. You can have guys on loan. And I've never understood why Liga Mekis, why have a guy on the bench if you're not going to play him a youth guy, if you can send him on loan somewhere. So, you know, they can. They, there's a bunch of guys they can send on loan too. And then they can keep an eye on them. And then if things work out, they can sell them if they become stars. It's it's okay. going to happen. I mean, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's going to happen. But for popularity, it's going to happen. It's got to be a shift in the fan base to gain popularity to the MLS and the nationality of, or the national nationalism sentiment of Mexican-Americans or Mexicans has to shift to, okay, I want to see Mexicans play. I don't want to watch a league that's a South American league. Have, have you guys gone to see Carlos Cosley? You think Hondurans are going to to watch uh, Carlos Cosley? He would. You know what's funny about Carlos Cosley is that his real name is Carlos Cosley. Isn't that awful? For years I've talked about Carlos Cosley and stuff that I wrote. Because of Cienfuegos, man. Did you um? Right, I, I think I think Daniel is right. I think that as long as the fan base is just buying tickets and buying jerseys and not not bitching about it or complaining about it, then you got Mex owners are, are just going to be breaking into cash and being and just continue to and guys. From- but you see, that's a problem, Tomas. Is that is that I don't know if you've noticed the attendance. I mean, outside of Tigres and maybe Monterrey, nobody is going to the games. Nobody. I mean. The stands are less than half full. You think they need to? Uh, at least need to like. It is. It, it is a big black eye on the league right now. That's true. Mexicans yeah, need the, 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 that, uh, that, that I guess yeah. fan bases can't don't know who the hell is playing for their team right now. So I don't know. It, it doesn't look good. Well, you know, you know what, Thomas. One of the things that I, I talked about, I talked about this with John uh, a few weeks back, is that if. You know that they change the team pretty much every six months. You could have a whole different team, like Cholos right now. They're they're a completely different team from they were just six months ago, and and it happens. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen, but it happens very often. Yeah, right. And then it takes them like six weeks to to figure out how to play together. And then by the, you know if they lose five of those, the coach gets fired, and then he yeah. brings in his own new group of team, <laughs> which is what's happened to Chivas for. You know, it just goes on and on and on. Did you guys did you guys ever tune in to watch uh what's his name? Uh 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 Damian. See but 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 you're looking at the at, oh, at the I business did. differently. You, I did. He used to play at home with Tita and then he went to 
to the Dallas Burn. I did tune in to watch. He eliminated the Galaxy, actually, uh, when was they that? went into the playoffs. Daniel Alvarez, he, he was like the no. Mexican Denilson, huh? No, he, got really fat. He, was not, he was not watching the games as a fan. He was actually working the games. No, I wasn't. I was, I was still, I'm not that old. I, 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 right there, I was watching as a fan. Yeah. You were, he was watching the games as a reporter, so he had to give that disclosure. No, wait, no, I was not. He was, he was not, forced to go. Forced at gunpoint. No. Jolie, did you? But, but Juan, here, here's the thing, Juan. I did to say that there's a new team. Campos too. I, I tuned in to see Campos play as well. What about Guille Franco? Did you tune in to watch him? No, pero I was never a Guille Franco fan. Mira, yo nunca, nunca perdí, pero nunca perdí un juego con Guille Franco. Nunca. <laughs> Here's here's the thing, Juan. Is it okay? Say say that they put a new team in, in San Antonio, right? Which is about an hour south of here. And San, you know, San Antonio, yeah, they they might you know get a get a, a, a cartucho quemado, like let's say by that time, like a you know you know pick somebody. Uh, like Landino. Uh, uh, exactly, or, or like uh, Hector Herrera. Yeah, so they have him. But then there's like a young up, you know, there's a young kid. Who ends up having a really good season, and then I mean, and, and and those are the guys that they would want to, you know, build their fan base. Yeah, they they have the other guy come in, you know, to attract the, you know, the, the season tickets, etc. But then they, you know, but they have a couple of guys that end up doing really well, and then those are the guys that end up bringing the casual fan, and and that's where I think that there there's a real a real future for some of these players in MLS, and and you know, and they don't have to be sold to them; they can go on loan or whatever it is. I mean that that's the opportunity that some of these Mexican players have in, in 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 MLS. I mean MLS. Do they even have a limit on how many foreigners they can have on a team? I don't think so. I don't think they do. The rules are pretty crazy, man. I think there's there the rules are even like the own uh, general managers within the league. They don't understand the their signing rules. <laughs> they need like a like a lawyer to bring in and translate them. I would, I would. So, so I mean, and like I said, if you're going to be filling out eight teams worth of rosters, that is uh, what about 200 players? And I'm telling you that the NCA does not have the the capability to to generate 200 professional players. Everyone was talking about Chad Morris, including me. I thought Chad Morris was going to be just that sensational player. Then he goes and plays at Stanford for two years, and whatever development he had, he has lost. It. It's just he's just not. You know, he he. And instead of going professional, he he would decided to go to college, and I think I think it's cost him. I think that he had, you know, he could have been somewhere where he could have developed his game a little bit better, and he decided not to. And now, you know, I mean, I don't think that he's the uh, the, the the player that, that that a lot of people thought he was going to be. And man, he may turn out to be that way, but uh, it hasn't worked out for him as of yet. Yeah, if nothing if nothing changes at Liga MX level, they need to uh, do it on a governmental basis. They need to require that every child in Mexico be forced to play soccer until the age of eighteen. That's yeah. not, you guys in the, in the northern part of the country, you got a bunch of baseball players. You you can have a revolution right there, man. A revolt. Dude, I, I remember. Well, you know they do have they do have uh, interprepas. Which, uh, oh yeah, I think it's starting to catch on in different in different parts in, in different states. Not, I don't know if every state does it, but I mean that's certain. It's uh, it's public school competition, you know, statewide. They should do private school too. I think that be that would be 
a very uh, a very heated game, a public school against a private school. That that'd be some stuff you'd want to tune into. Reza's versus but, uh, uh, Chilangos, stuff like that. Good. Exactly, it'd be great. But anyway, so I mean, I mean, obviously there's potential there, and and and, and yes, you know, this is stuff that we've we've talked about ad nauseum for you know not just on this show, but you know since we've known each other. On message boards is just you know we we just we're we're, we're it, we 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 spin around like broken records and we, we say the same thing every year after every big loss or you know and then I was cracking up about Mexican fans and I'll never forget when Mexico beat Paraguay six nothing in the Copa America. I mean, big soccer just cracked me up because they were just everybody was just oh my god we're gonna smoke Argentina blah 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 they're the it's the greatest Mexico team I've ever seen I mean seriously you just you just go go down the list of how Everybody was, and then Mexico loses Argentina 3-0. This team is terrible. I can't believe that they you know, just went on. It was so. I mean, it's just that that's that, that's just how the Mexican fan is. Is that it's you know, it's it's very volatile. It's it's uh, the, the the mood swings are insane. It's like it's like one of Joan's girlfriends, just <laughs> all over the map, very all nice. over the map. Oh, airing the laundry now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know. Speaking of Jolie, uh, hey Jolie, you remember the, the that thread you made about those Wonder Kids, uh, Mexican Wonder Kids? It, that that must have been like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, from, from, one of them actually, he he played in the MLS. Uh, remember Brian Leva? Yeah, with Dallas, right? Yeah, he played with Dallas, and I, you know, I don't know. Uh, so, did you actually tune in to watch him play when he debuted? Uh, you're probably. Dude, I forgot he was twelve when when he made when they were like whatever happened to uh, Omambi Yeats kid. Oh, that's right, that's right. He was. Didn't he? He returned to France, didn't he? Did he? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. That Potro, that uh, people were complaining that Potro didn't even go check him out or scout him. Well, I mean, Potro had to, someone had to put a gun to his head to put Cesar Montes on the team. <laughs> or the Argentine. I'm serious, man. He he, was, he wasn't even considering him. I mean, I mean, uh, back in April or May, somebody asked him at a press conference, "Hey, what about Cesar Montes?" Uh, or, or maybe I think it was a Twitter. No, it wasn't. And he Twitter. just went off on the guy. He need to send yeah, the guy. He just went off on him. He's, he's like, he's like, why do I have to have this guy on? You know, he just went on and on. It's like, dude. You know he's you know he's one of the top defenders in the league. He's eighteen right off. now. Why on earth would a job put him on the team? Talk about this, but really quick, who do you th- who do you guys think performed decently or fairly well in these three games that we just saw at the Olympic uh, level? Uh, we did talk about that, and uh, I think that all of us were in agreement that uh, the two defend the two Sagueros. Uh, 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 Montes and 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 Salcedo did really well. I think Ponchito had a really good tournament. Gutierrez Eric. and uh, you know obviously you say Gutierrez because he scored the four goals against Fiji. But uh, and then and probably, probably those, in my opinion, those four guys are probably the ones that 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 acquitted themselves uh, better than most. Yeah, I would say that um, I agree with that. I think that uh, I have a lot of high hopes for Salcedo because of his uh, size for a. Uh, and defender that's pretty rare and I don't know if you guys agree with this but when I watch him defend there's a little dirtiness to him and I kind of like that it kind of kind of reminds me about what you guys were talking about the other day about the black art of soccer I think that's needed on defense so I think he has a little bit of it of him in that and also Montes 
I think he has potential as well. But uh, thank you for taking my call. I needed to vent. My gringo uh, coworkers wouldn't wouldn't understand. So uh, <laughs> thanks for yeah, man, thanks. taking my call. Have a great evening, guys. Yep, you too. No, thank you for calling. It was a pleasure, and you brought a lot of good insight that. Uh, you know, you were better than some of our panelists, so maybe maybe we'll have to add you permanently to the show, and and, and kick some other people out. We'll have to we'll have to draw straws. Hey. No, we really appreciate it, Tomas. Thank you. Hey, take care, Tomas. Tell tell your gringo coworkers que se coman un pepino. <laughs> All right, bye. I'm watching uh, the LA Galaxy. They're up one nil on uh, FC Dallas in the in the U.S. Open Cup semifinal that uh, has drawn hundreds of fans to the Stub Up Center. And Giovanni has a chance, and he missed it. Oh, what are you gonna do? Hey, one anyway. comment on the uh, on Osorio. I guess he's been in uh, Brazil for this uh, thing. Um, and I've been having a lot of his comments made a comment on the Mexican stated the Mexican player has the of uh, of playing down to the competition or competition. Sounding like he might keep himself from the players comments talks. This was this was this kind of that tone from him. But uh interesting. I'm starting to think Hey Beto, hold on. Hey Jolie, turn off your mic, dude, because they or we're getting an echo. Feedback. There's somebody. There is that better? Yeah. yeah. Or somebody's as you were saying, on or something. But yeah, that's. I mean, echo. Osorio might, might end up um, being gone, and he's getting prepared for it or something. I don't know. His comments seem a little bit. Like he's separating himself. Oh, wait, what was his comment? I missed it. I had uh, stepped up. He made a comment um, specifically saying uh, the Mexican player has the mentality to, just something we already know, has the mentality to play down to their competition or to play up. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He's sort of like, you know, separating and saying the Mexican player or the Mexican player this and the Mexican player that, sort of, uh, you know, not but How is that, how is that distancing? Instead oh, of the same like we and like it, or being more uh, like as a group or united type of talk and just the way you said he's making excuses. Yeah, he's. he's well, to, to me, the most, the most, the, the most damning thing he said since he's been a coach was he had the interview last week with Univision and asked, "Well, what did you learn?" He goes, "Well, what I learned was when it's three nothing, I need to change my tactics." <laughs> that, that that was the first thing, and, and some other stuff is just sort of not. I mean, good lord. <laughs> Because at first, no, like, <laughs> first with Fern, especially, we would think, oh, oh sorry, he's going to pick Guru. You know, he's got these two pens, and he's got this notebook. And really, yeah, I've cool. noticed that Fern hasn't been on the uh, Osorio. Uh, he's, he's been mum. You know, I, I will defend him. I will defend him. And uh, we brought this up not too long ago, and that's uh, the, the former assistant coach that used to set up the orange cones shouldn't be the general manager. <laughs> He shouldn't be Which is funny because cause, cause he used to set up the cones at himself at Manchester, at, at Manchester City. Yeah, but so we have two cones there. <laughs> yeah, but see, man, you know, Man City didn't make him the, the GM and, and put him in charge of finding the new Man City coach. Uh, so that 
that's where you know FMF gets it wrong. I mean, they get rid of. But the thing, Joel, is is that you know, Banos might have the that title. All he does is 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 pick guys up at the airport and make travel arrangements. Hey guys, check this out. Uh, the the manager CDGM, he used to be uh, uh, one of the cone setters at uh, at uh, Manchester at, no, at Barcelona for uh, for Ricky Begiristein. Yeah, DC. Yeah, that was he. That was his assistant. That was Ricard's assistant. Yeah, but he was there for years, man. A lot of those guys they're there for years, and then they they do more stuff. This guy was just, he had just been following Piojo around since his Atlanta days as, as his assistant. Yeah, but so it's, it's, being the assistant doesn't rule him out. I mean, look at Mourinho. He was a freaking translator, you know. But I'm not, I'm not defending Baños. I don't know if, if his influence is uh, extremely positive or extremely negative or, or lukewarm. No, I've heard insider info. It's, it's, yeah, he's pretty much non-existent, dude. Uh, but but that that's my that's my that's where my defense of Osorio comes in, and that's that, you know, even if you don't like his 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 you know his decisions, he still needed a GM that was gonna back him up or do everything necessary to to help him out, and and we yeah, saw him, put him in we position, him, put him in position to succeed. Yeah, we saw him choking it up. He was trying to bring in Pulido because they probably had already told him, hey, these guys don't call them. And, and he was trying to get Pulido in, and it was just even, even more mess, but even a bigger mess. Well, I think uh, that explains why somebody like Bielsa won't step in and, you know, coach the team, and you'll never see them. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. Like said, crazy, but, but, you know, uh, Juan, <laughs> I don't think it's just Bielsa. I think that that's, that's, that's a trend that we're starting to see. Uh, all, all, all over the, the the soccer world. I mean, Spain and England, two very high-profile positions came up after the Eurocopa, and they got filled with marginal coaches at best. Um, you know, you know, not 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 any like superstar coaches from 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 either from either league. Wait, which which uh, which which hirings are you? The national team gigs? Yeah, the, club? No, the national the teams. Well, yeah, Sam Allardyce to England, yeah. and and the guy for Spain was Lopez Tegui, I think he was the coach at like Porto, Lopez like the coach got fired at Porto, right? Lopez. Yeah. Yeah, and in Argentina ended up with Patón Bausa. Well, I, <laughs> nothing well, against him, but yeah, Spain maybe they could have gone for Unai Emery, but he got he got locked up by PSG. Uh, and then uh, I think Sampaoli, he actually did want to take the. Uh, Argentina job, but he already signed with uh, with Sevilla because he tried to make it, you know. Um, yeah, the only I, just, one... I think I think he just said that so he wouldn't look. No, he played the crowd, dude. He, he played to the mob. Uh, That's know. right. He because uh... you know uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Simeone, Cholo Simeone. He turned it down completely. Like he didn't even say, "Yeah, I'll think about it." He was like. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, I mean, they're not above uh, sending them to go to hell. Well, FC Dallas just scored two goals in the second half of extra time to beat Galaxy in the semifinal. Dude, what magic connection do you have? I'm here trying to 
to tune into these things and everything all you know. Yeah, hey man, I work for Time Warner Cable now, so I have uh, you know I, I get the, the premium version now. You, you, you signed a deal with the devil, I see. <laughs> I like FC Dallas, man. I like their coach a lot. I I would I, if I were a Liga Mekis team, I would do whatever it took to get Oscar Pareja to come and coach in Liga Mekis because if they don't, there's only one move for him to make. Is he, yeah. Is he Colombiano? Yep. But he he has their youth system. I mean, they they don't have any designated players of note. They uh, half the team has been brought up from their youth system or more than half the team. It's uh it's impressive. It is very impressive and if, if I were US if I were US soccer, I would think long and hard about bringing him on as a national team coach. Now, what kind of players does FC Dallas sign? Are they um, Hispanic, multicultural? Wait, gentlemen, yeah. I have to get going. But uh, well, I think we should all probably get going. We've had a, it's uh, it's been a long run. We've been on for for a couple hours, so we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, thank you guys for listening. We had a couple of callers. We really appreciate everybody uh, participating. This has been the uh, the Dos Acero uh, Football Podcast. We appreciate you uh, listening to us tonight. It's, uh, don't be sad now that there's going to be other games. It's going to be okay. But uh, thank you guys for joining us again. Catch us live on YouTube every Wednesday night. And, of course, you can listen to our show on iTunes as well. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>